Absolutely. Now, Joey, uh, and a lot of the um, boy bands have been getting back together. Any good chance for an NSYNC reunion? Good Any chance? Good luck. It takes five guys to get together, and five guys are doing five different things. And for us right now, it's not even, a, I think, an option for not us. Not a remote possibility right now. Everybody's right doing now. their own thing. Hey, what's up? It's Joey Tone, and you're watching Below the Belt Show. Ta-da! The Below the Belt Show is closed caption for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the Bad Boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. Oh, I got a live one here. <laughs> On Black Smoke. They're here. <laughs> Yeah, that's right, guys. It's time for another episode of BTB Below the Belt in the Mother Effing House. I'm your host, Al Soto, a.k.a. Celebrity Soto, your host. With the most here for your weekly pleasure, man, it is going to be another incredible show from top to bottom. And a part of that is because of this amazing panel that we've assembled for you tonight. Uh, let's start with um, the one and only. That's right. He's the Persian prince of pop culture. He's also the, known as the man with the calming presence at times. <laughs> that's been debatable <laughs> lately. <laughs> he is the one and the only and also known as the Zadi, Mike the General Zad. Ah. Hey. <laughs> it ah. is an inimitable pleasure Ooh. to be here as wow. always <laughs> because because you know where else would i be on a beautiful tuesday night because that's this right. is this is where we would be yes that's right so this is your first show of the fall 2023 mm -hmm. season so we are glad that you're back on btb airwaves yeah been a little fashionably late this year so that's quite I, all right and a part of it was our um august hiatus so we did not get to celebrate the birthday of our other co-host tonight she's affectionately known as your grace and every daenerys targaryen uh moniker she's also known as miss lsd miss light skin talent as <laughs> she rolls her eyes she's also She's also very amazing. She's a dancer, an actress, a host. You name it, she does it all. Morgan Fabulous back on DTV. It's good to be here, guys. Yeah. So, so yeah. Morgan, this is this is a little bit of a belated B day for you. So you're going to be selecting the classic cut uh, this week, um, which we'll announce a little later. But did you guys hear that opening promo? Which I think is just the perfect promo to bring back and that was joey fatoni yes of nsync talking about back way back in probably 2015 2016 when i conducted that interview 
that there wasn't any chance of NSYNC returning. And um, that was certainly not the case. We are getting the return of NSYNC. Um, they actually um, dropped a behind-the-scenes look um, for their new song, Better Place, mm-hmm. from their studio recording session. And they said so many uh, stars aligned, so that's why they're back. And it's a two-minute clip of Lance Bass, JC, Chris Kirkpatrick, Justin Timberlake, and, of course... From the opening promo, Joey Fatoni. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it was pretty cool to see that. And uh, of course, Morgan had to pick her favorite pop princess, who happens to be the ex girlfriend of one of the NSYNC members, right, Morgan? Poor Brittany, yes. <laughs> There's a lot of exes floating around with Brit, isn't she? Yes. <laughs> But, but what do you think of um, NSYNC uh, returning, Morgan? And that's pretty cool, huh? I mean, I'm ready for it. I always yeah. love, I love them. Like, it needs they're, to happen. They're so fantastic. I mean, yeah. who doesn't celebrate? It's gonna be my, my. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Of all that good stuff. Um, but, yeah, I was so happy to dig up that that promo from way back because... Joey at the time did not think that it was possible. And now we're getting the instant reunion. We saw that the VMAs. So that was pretty cool. So uh, nonetheless, uh, yeah, I just wanted to throw out that tidbit because I thought it was fun. But nonetheless, um, Mike, the general Zod, you are. Uh, I just wanted to mention that you are the improv king as well. It's another moniker <laughs> we, we uh, didn't uh, drop. But um, the improv uh, bug kind of uh, kind of a. Uh, was an it's interest spread. of mine as well. It's, yes, it's, it's spread. spread. Yes. It's spread. So yours truly, BP Al Soto. Oh, sorry. Former moniker. Yours truly, Al Celebrity Soto, has enrolled in the Baltimore Improv Group's Level 101 Intro to Improv. That's the first level seven-week course. And uh, okay. um, thank you to um, the instructors of Big and uh the program director who actually recognized myself as a diverse voice talent and got the diverse voices scholarship a partial scholarship um to uh to take the first level course so i'm really really excited to uh to most likely start this journey i mean i can't imagine just stopping level 101 side i mean after 101 you... Well, what what a lot of people do is a lot of people will be like, oh, improv seems fun, and they go to level one, and level one is pretty much one on one. You're you're they're pretty much holding your hand, and everything you do is just uh, is just sunshine, and everything you do is just so special, and you know yeah. you get you get nothing but praise and encouragement, which is good because a lot of what improv is, is it's supposed to be this like very welcoming community. Even if you don't have the skills, this is where you set up the skills. Like they might give you a little bit of like feedback and notes, but not really. And that's kind of the point. It's supposed to be just fun when you do 101, even 201, 201, you start to get, you know, they, they, they start to get a little bit more honest with how you're doing and, you know, still helpful, still supportive. But um, and that's how it goes. So level 101 is you're going to have fun. You're just going to play games. And awesome. that's uh, and that's, that's uh, and that's the thing. I took the workshop and I was like immediately uh, thought it was like the best 
you know, two hours uh, I've spent on stage uh, in a long time. You are and, you are going to you're going to be around <laughs> some very very um, differing differing levels of talent. I will tell you. <laughs> good, good. I mean, I like to think that I have improv experience. Of course, doing below the belt show as a host, and um, you know, a seasoned uh, seasoned actor, if you will, an actor of, of, of course, television. Of course, and, and, you, and you've got so film. much experience as an actor that's going to absolutely yeah. help you. Yes. So I'm looking forward to uh, starting that uh, at the end of the month. Um, actually, next Monday. So. Mm-hmm. Um, that should be really, really exciting. But, uh, but nonetheless, let's see some how we do uh, talking here on Below the Belt show. There might be improv, you never know. Um, so let's talk about everything going on in the world of entertainment. So here we go. It is time for the Hollywood Report. That's hot. That's bananas. That's off the chain. Yeah, that's right, Benji and Joel with the Hollywood News. Um, I guess before we get to that, I should announce the special guest tonight. Um, we actually have an amazing actress that will be joining us live on BTV. Her name is Kimberly Murray. Kimberly Sue Murray. She's in this amazing psychological thriller film called Traitor, which you can see on demand, Amazon, your favorite on-demand platforms. She's representing Toronto, Canada. We cannot wait to talk to her. Uh, and then uh, later in the program, in a pre-recorded interview, which I conducted earlier today with an amazing director named Andy Palmer. Uh, and it's a college college comedy called The Re-Education of Molly Singer. And uh, this film was so fun so amazing uh i laughed out loud we're going to talk to the directors also two amazing films two very very different films a psychological thriller and a college comedy um and uh we can't wait to present those interviews to you but uh and uh morgan you saw the film and uh can't wait to talk about it yeah traitor of course uh and of course the other film molly singer uh is very interesting uh premise it's basically a lawyer played by Britt robertson who is is uh, can't leave her partying lifestyle ways so she ends up she ends up uh almost getting fired from her law firm but her boss tells her to help her awkward socially awkward son at college help him be cool again and you know be accepted and she will keep her job if that happens and she happened to do, do that and as a result uh, well, that it's the spoilerish ter- territory, but it's a lot of fun. Jamie Presley plays the boss. The son is played by Ty Simpkins. You might remember him from The Whale. And then uh, it's also you'll also see Holland Roden from Teen Wolf. And um, yeah, I mean, and uh, oh, Nico Santos representing the Filipino actors. Uh, you might know him from Superstore. He's also in it as well. And then you have the Traitor movie, which is a psychological thriller about, I guess, a sociopathic um, con artist who uh, is skilled in trading and computer programming that pretty much tries to take down a pharmaceutical company. So um, so two very, very different films. <laughs> and we'll be talking to uh, the talents associated with those. 
All right. Well, guys, let's start with the box office. So um, it was a close race. Um, the, the Nun 2 was the number one movie last week. And once again, the number one movie this week, I have yet to see The Nun. Zod, if you're interested in seeing it, um, I'm a big Conjuring fan. I saw Nun 1, but I got to see Nun 2. Um, yeah, Nun 1, <laughs> the first Nun. And it, it, okay. it barely edged out A Haunting in Venice. Oh, um, like the, that did yeah, it's the third of director Kenneth Branagh's uh, Agatha Christie adaptations. Yeah. Um, Which I, I am ashamed to say I have never seen any of them. And I love Agatha Christie. Like I've read I read uh, all three of those novels and uh, I've never seen any of the adaptations. Really? OK, yeah. And neither have I. Uh, but literally neck and neck, 14.5 million to 14.3 million. So the the nun uh, two just edged out a haunting in Venice by a uh, 0.2 million. You know, um, so that's pretty much it. Um, and of course, the third, fourth, and fifth films respectively include Equalizer three, Big Fat Greek Wedding three. Wow, this is another sequel. <laughs> and Greta Gerwig's Barbie. Barbie uh, rounds off the box office with 3.5 million. Um, and uh, Barbie, uh, wow, still breaking records. Can you believe it? Um, generated um, a total of 626 million at the box office, overtaking 2012's Avengers as the highest grossing release in history. Wow. So, in order to crack the top 10, is number 11 barbie will need to defeat jurassic world titanic avengers infinity war and avatar the way of the water um but wow uh, i did not expect barbie to be one of the top grossing movies of all time well it's uh, it definitely it definitely hit the zeitgeist at exactly the right time it had nothing but positive buzz it's a good movie it's it's yeah a, it's really funny and uh so yeah it everything worked out for it i mean i think this was kind of the perfect time for a movie like that too i mean just like culture was and so and a lot of it like you know a lot of the humor it's like you know a lot of that wink wink overtaking this like beloved uh child's um you know child's toy and telling these adult yep. jokes about it but not in a disrespectful way but more of a you know like allegorical way to uh, yeah. experience of being a woman and yeah it makes total sense right absolutely I mean, just all the hype like the hype of it will like continue i guarantee halloween everyone is going to be just all the marketing i think that's partly what did it like because there were people i know people that didn't even that didn't like it or thought it was just eh, but like they're still on the barbie train so i think that's also like pushing it forward you know what i mean yep <laughs> and word of mouth because i mean it's yep. been in the theaters for a minute and, and, and I, still... I like i have friends that have you know that kids like young daughters and i was just like really I didn't think it was for them. Like it's for. I don't us. think so either. It, yeah. It was for me. It was for me. I don't know. My daughter loved it. She really liked How it. How old is she? She she just turned thirteen like a month ago. Okay. Yes. I feel like early like early teen like ten and up 
it's that's fine but like okay i felt like little kids would have been kind of bored like it was a lot of talking like and a lot of the humor probably went over the kid's yeah, head as well but you know i don't know i thought it was like you know me and my friends like cried like it was very like cathartic yeah yeah you know it's for women that grew up with barbie and it's like oh this is you know this is the world we live in yeah but this and of is, course, this is going to make like Greta Gerwig's career. Like oh, she yeah. can do anything. Oh, totally. She's yeah. And totally. Wow. And then let's not forget Oppenheimer because that keeps climbing up the box office. <clears throat> even even if it's been out for a while, um, added uh, twelve point eight million globally over the weekend. And uh, really, wow. Yeah, and it has nine hundred million globally. That's so, so that's so incredible. How many times do you have like a sober yeah. Yeah, historical biopic? Historical biopic, yes. Almost a make, million dollars. Yeah. I mean, one would argue Titanic is a historical biopic too. So well, it's kind of like, like biopic. It's a historical, it's a period film, but period, period film, yeah, yeah. Um, which is uh based on actual events for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh What's coming up in the box office includes Aquaman. So we saw this, the the latest trailer drop last week, and it's a definitely a CG fest for sure. So um, is that, is, that's the last of the DCEU, isn't it? That's right. Um, although they still want to work with Jason Momoa again, which I can't blame James Gunn for not wanting to work with him again. He's an awesome actor. It certainly is the final DCEU film. Um, you know, all the original cast is coming back. Yeah, Black Mantha himself, which is Yaya yeah, the first one, I never saw it. The first one was a lot of fun, Zod. Wouldn't you say that was one of the stronger DCEU films? I'll have to watch that. I liked it. I like it's definitely in the upper half of the DCEU yeah. films. Like right. it's not like I finally, finally saw the flash over the weekend. <laughs> oh good. And, just uh, dropped on uh dropped just dropped on HBO Max, right? Well it dropped on HBO Max like a month ago. Yes, or maybe not a month ago, but I finally, but finally got finally got a chance to see it. Good. Yeah, and like you know, and I think about like the DCEU, like there there are two movies that are just like truly terrible, and then uh, there's a lot of pretty good movies, and uh, then there's like I think um, Aquaman is definitely. It's better than pretty good. It's not great. Like the best, uh, the the best DCEU movie is probably either the first Wonder Woman or um, Suicide Squad. Uh, not the not the first Suicide Squad. The um, second one. Yeah, the one James Gunn directed. That's right. Absolutely. He, of course, you know he's taking over. But did you get a chance to see this Aquaman trailer though? It looked really really fun, man. It looked like uh, it's gonna be a heck of an adventure. Yeah, it really does. I don't know. There's going to be it's going to be I, I have a feeling it's going to struggle a little bit just because like everyone knows there's nothing after it and it's not. So they have to they have to work really hard to make it feel like there's like some kind of conclusion in this movie. Like, yeah, like, you know, right. you, you think about like all those like kind of. um a lot of a lot of the DCU movies have like teased things that are never going to happen. Like there's never right. going to be um, a Justice League movie with um, the Legion of Doom like they um, had like hinted at the end of the uh, yeah. in the post credit scene or anything like that. And same with that like 
teaser at the end of Black Adam. Nothing's going to ever come out of that. Exactly. And so, yeah, they, they got to, I mean, I hope that they're going, that, you know, that they made that movie with that in, in mind. Like in mind, yeah. Eels. If you noticed, if you watch a trailer, you kind of didn't focus on Amber Heard. I think she was like in the distance in one part of the trailer, but she won't be the focus of the film, even though she's in it. Um, it's really all about him and his brother. Um, um, Aquaman, Arthur Curry, and his brother, like kind of trying to defeat Black Mantha together. So, mm-hmm. But um, anyways, uh, all right. Um, so this is another great um, um, trailer that actually got some really interesting, uh, um, I guess, press or, or um, publicity, I guess, because they actually put AI robots at SoFi Stadium, Los Angeles, and that's uh, the home of the Chargers. I don't know if you saw that, guys, but uh, it turned out to, to be very, um, very well um, costumed actors. Because in order to, to for the AI look real, you still have to have that um, that uh, I guess that layer of like prosthetics and then and then over like robotic uh, innards, I guess. And that's kind of the case. So it looks like they, I don't know how they did it with these actors, but the 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 it's out there, but it's a it's a film that's going to be directed by Gareth Edwards, and it's a sci-fi epic, and uh, it's going to drop on September 29th. And um, is that man, a, ba- that's what, what's the name of this movie? Yeah, it's, it, um, it's called The Creator. You might have seen the trailer when you um yeah when I you saw Blue Beetle. A, yeah. oh, it has like a it has like a little girl in it with like yeah. a yes. like kind of a, a hole in her head. That's I right. I saw a preview for that. Yeah. You saw a preview for that. Yeah, it looks really, really cool. The trailer looks really good. And and talk about crazy marketing to have like uh realistic AI robots all over uh, you know. They did the same thing for that horror movie smile where they had creepy people like smiling uh at uh I think they were at baseball games. So did they did the same thing for this creator movie? So it must be. I, I wonder having a job being a viral marketer is that like super fun or just absolutely exhausting? <laughs> I can imagine both. <laughs> I can imagine. But you know what? Actually, when it's something's viral, um, the work is done by others. If you think yeah. about it, it's like you just have to do the initial viral like post, and then the work does itself when audiences share it and and, and the like. So. But dude, if you you have to see these AI, I put it on my Facebook page. These uh, AI robots are walking all over SoFi Stadium, Los Angeles. Looks so cool. Um, I mean, you know, there 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 is um controversy. Um, so there's footage of a, a 2020 explosion in Beirut, um, which uh, was rendered to imply that there was an explosion that affected an apocalyptic los angeles um so a lot of people think that it was recycled footage that was uh a little controversial um but nonetheless i mean ai is controversial right now so in general so um but uh it looks really really cool so i highly recommend you check that out when it drops zod this is a this is a film i think we need to check out okay uh, for our b2b movie nights <laughs> yeah we haven't had one of those in a long time it's been a minute because yeah. we're not getting a superhero movie, I think, until Aquaman. So we're gonna have to replace it well, with something like this. Doesn't the Marvels come out before? That? Oh, that's right. The Marvel is coming out in November. You're right. Yeah. 
Now, Blink-22's Tom DeLonge has a a feature film called Monsters of California. That just dropped the trailer, too. Um, And it centers on a character in his outcast group of high school friends attempting to shed light on a paranormal conspiracy in Southern California. Um, And uh, the trailer shows this character, Dallas, um, using his dad's research to shed light on the family's past. So uh, apparently DeLonge directed the movie from a script he actually wrote, which I'm pretty uh, impressed that uh, Tom DeLonge of Blink-182 has written and directed a feature film. So. You know, you wouldn't uh, like um, you have to give a lot of those like pop punk guys kind of credit. Like, yes, uh, yes. You know, the whole thing with like Gerard Way, Gerard Way created the Umbrella Academy. The Umbrella Academy. That's and he, right. he wrote one of the best runs of uh, best comic book runs ever of the Doom Patrol. And so it's like, there you go. So yep. like these, uh, you know. You got to have a fair amount of, um, I mean, they're already in a creative field. They can just like have it move on to a different, in a different way. All right. And wrapping up movies, uh, the Toronto Film Festival, um, of course, of course uh, that uh, just wrapped. Um, last week, we've been talking about some of the great films from the Toronto Film Festival. And uh, they just dropped the trailer of the Nicolas Cage movie that we talked about last week, uh, which is a very interesting premise where his life is upended when millions of strangers start dreaming about him just for one that's like a a day in the life of some people yeah i mean and he's not a celebrity he's no one that people would think about but he's just kind of like a modern day sandman right there zod um that he's uh in the dreams of 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 millions of people and becomes a celebrity because of it Mm-hmm. And of course, it has to be from the A24 group, of course. But, yeah. Uh... <laughs> and that, that that begs an interesting question. How well do you guys remember your dreams? Like, do you do you vividly remember Ooh. your dreams? Some it I forget, depends. some I remember. It depends how close I am to actually like, waking like up. Like, what is... Like, there'll, what be is... Some, there'll be some that I'll wake up and be like, oh my God. And if I write it down, like, mm-hmm. right then, like, I have full detail. But if I... Don't yeah. write it down. It's like, as the day goes on, I'll be like, oh, there was something and you were there, but it wasn't like normal. Like, do you know what I mean? Like some of them, yeah. like if I wake yeah. up and it's like really crazy, I will write it down and then I'll read it back later and be like, what the hell? Actually, that's a good idea to actually take a log of all your dreams because eventually, even if you remember it right after you wake up or whatever, you tend to forget it later. Yeah. And usually yeah. they say it's the thoughts that you had during the day that are unresolved. Mm. Yeah, that, that, that's what it could be. I don't know. I, I'm very hard pressed to remember the last, uh, the last time I remembered it, like uh, what the last dream I had that I remember. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But another, a great film. Uh, well, I don't know if it's a great film because the premise is really weird. It's um it stars Ian McGregor who's Obi-Wan Kenobi as you know and of course Love a lot of other great works. Yes, it's called Mother Couch. And Weird. it follows David, a middle-aged family man whose mother played by Ellen Burstyn plants herself on an old couch in a storage room and refuses to vacate the premises. 
So I'm curious if that's the entire movie, but basically it's just an existential dilemma. It's um, it, it, it's going to be it has I mean just from that description it is undoubtedly going to be another allegorical thing and this time about a man's relationship with his mother and yes. it's undoubtedly going to show all these different parts of his life that he shared with his mother and on the couch <laughs> and, yeah and it's a it's going to it's going to explore how complicated a relationship with family is. Yeah, yeah, so that, that's picked, a, that's a very good guess, and hopefully okay, it says uh, she left. But actually, it yeah. says you picked her out. But said both for me. Hold on, I'm 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 one. I was wondering that because she she joined and she couldn't hear, maybe that we would get her to re-log in. So I thought that might work. So she couldn't. She's not responding to our voices. So I'm guessing. She also didn't respond to the chat message. The text, yeah. So I'm guessing she yeah. had uh, connection problems. Um, and uh, let's see, we've got another uh, another Tribeca, sorry, another Toronto film uh, with Ian McKellen, Magneto himself. It's called The Critic. Uh, it's a story how far someone will go when their position is threatened. It's and called it's, The uh, Critic? The Critic, that's right. So it, and it um, doesn't star John Lovitz. Oh, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's directed by Anon Tucker, and um, you know if it's Ian McKellen, you know it's going to be an amazing performance, as you know. Um, but um, and it takes place in 1934. Um, oh. Yeah. Um, where um, in 1934? Uh, let's see. I think this is going to work now. Hi, Kim. Hi. Okay, great. You're 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 LinkedIn now. All right. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, we'll put that uh, movie thought on hold and we'll uh, welcome our special guest of the evening. We're excited to have her on. She's got this great film called Trader that you can see on your favorite on-demand platforms. Um, you can watch it on Amazon. Uh, got a chance to check out the movie. It's a psychological thriller um, with one actor, one room, but it really keeps you on the edge of your seat. Um, Kimberly, thanks for joining us on BTB. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, absolutely. What a what an amazing film, first of yeah. all. Wow. I'm just blown away uh, <laughs> that, again, uh, one actor, one room, <laughs> and you have us on the edge of our seats. Yeah. I try. I try. <laughs> I mean, I text, I watched it today and I told, I texted out and I was like, that was wild. Like those aren't normally movies. I, I usually like a lot of comedy light movies, but I was like, this kept me on the edge of my seat. I wasn't terrified, but it was really fucking good. Like yeah, it's pretty intense. It's like, uh, it's like a music video and a yeah. thriller. It's, uh, Someone and described she, it as an assault to the brain. I was like, that feels pretty yeah. accurate. And but it's, she almost, crazy, it's almost like a play. But I was rooting yeah. for her the whole time. It is. And someone said that they'd love to see a play version. And uh, yeah. I haven't done theater in years, but I'd be down. It yeah. seemed feasible that, that you can present something like this in, in a stage and, and with, with the voice actors kind of off stage, um, you know, on the phone or whatever. Because you did have other actors, but they're just on the phone. Yeah. And these are the, the folks you were calling, whether it's the um 
the the stock market trader, whether it's the the mother Bob, and, and the mother and son, Bob the broker, right, or the mother and son that you uh, try to get some information from from trying to take down this big pharma, which is uh, which is pretty intense. I mean, this is some. I mean, it kind of happens today. There's a lot of like scammers out there. I mean, you're taking scamming to the to the extreme. I mean, it's to a whole other level. Yeah. Other level, right? Yeah. But uh, this is something happening today in today's society, you know. Oh, so yeah. I think it's something that people should definitely, definitely watch. I mean, I've been the victim of identity theft, and um, but again, your character, the traitor, just sit to a crazy. Has no moral compass. She's just willing to yes. do whatever it takes to to succeed, and and that's what we wanted to do. It was it's a success story, right? Yes. From an anti-hero's perspective. Right. Yeah, I guess we could call it anti here. I'm trying to, I mean, even what? though you're, yeah, you're the protagonist, but are you like, is your character likable? I mean, we kind of want to know what happens, but I, I don't know. I'm aiming to be likable. Yeah. I wanted to play a character that was like really messed up and complicated. Yeah. And even though you know nothing about her, yeah. I had to justify her actions for myself. Otherwise, how do you even play that? Yeah, um, but I really wanted to like teether on that, like that line of like, you know, is she good? Is she bad? She can't all be bad, otherwise that's boring. But yeah, I just had to find a reason to to do it. Yeah, I yeah. I wanted more of her backstory, but as like as all the things progressed and like yeah, she's doing these terrible things, I still found myself going. Yes, I want her to like take this man down. I want her to get the job, and like I wanted her to like succeed and do all the things, even though she was crazy. And like Al and I were saying, we didn't know like, when she was telling all these things about her past. Like, is that true? Was it not? Yes. Can you? Can you? Uh, are you allowed to say not whether? Not <laughs> give spoilers. Like, yeah, I don't think you could. We want to get too spoilery, but I. I had such a backstory for myself. Like, it was so intricate. I, I worked yeah. with a dialect coach, and, like, originally it was just for the dialect, but then it, I we just ended up talking about backstory and, like, justification yeah. and all that stuff. And and um, and um and so I, I wanted to place some of those things as truths or, like, white lies. There's aspects of it that is that could be true. Um, but yeah, but I think people will, um, project what they want on her. And that's what I wanted. Like, it's like, there's gotta be enough room for people to project. So I yeah. kind of, honestly, I played, and we played on set. It's like, Corey was like, oh, our director, Corey was freaking fantastic. Uh, did, did you guys know that he wrote, uh, wrote, directed, used, edited, edited oh, wow. all the VFX. He composed. Did the music, he did the sounds. He did. There's oh nothing God. that he didn't do. Holy so he's, smoke! He's someone to to watch for sure. But on Corey set, Stanton, you'd be like, yes. okay, let's do one where, like, it's true that this is you. You you were trafficked, and this is your okay. truth. Uh, and then let's play one where you're so deep into it that you're she's believing the lie mm -hmm. or she's just she has no heart and she's like a sociopath 
she's a sociopath with what, what, yeah. what the write-up said but yes was she indeed a victim of sex trafficking was she indeed in the intelligence of the military so those I are the mean, things I don't that think she was but maybe yeah. it's because yeah. at the time i um uh, i did a lot a couple years back i did a lot of like rom-coms like tv rom-coms that yes was really my my niche for the there. i'm sorry Christmas in the Rockies. Yeah, so I did a lot of those, and and they're you know they're fun, and I had the best time on set. But at the end of the day, I I, I got to a point where it's like, is this the career I want for myself? Like I yeah. want to be pigeonholed, and I you know I look a certain way. There's there's nothing I can do about it. But uh, I came to I I decided that I was gonna, you know, close that chapter and try to do something else. So I I ended up chopping my hair off. And for a year, I didn't work because I don't really passing knew what to do with me. Really? Like, oh, yeah. And 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 then I I didn't work for like not even day on set for 11 months. And then Trader came my way through a friend um, and. I I had a mushroom cut at the time I was, Mm -hmm. you know, broke, I was. But I was so hungry for mm-hmm. I, you know, I was standing my ground because I was like, I don't want to go back to rom coms because I, I, I want this. I have this vision for myself, and yes. And then I read the script and I was like, holy shit, <laughs> this, this, this. And then I had to fight for it because my demo reel, all of the work that I had done, didn't. There was no proof mm-hmm. anywhere that I could play traitor. And so when I met with Corey, not even Lady Vic in the Titans, but Lady Vic, Lady Lady Vic wasn't out. No, Lady Vic. Oh, wasn't out yet. I shot. No, I guess I had shot Lady Vic, but even Lady Vic is very stylized. Yeah, you know, she's an assassin for hire. It's not. It's but and there's so many colors of traitor like her. Yeah, so persuasive and manipulative and seductive and and she's a maniac and there's like a like there's a physicality to her. There's the dialects. There's and so, you know, Corey wasn't sold after meeting me. So I was like, okay, let me just go home. Let me just pull some because I keep. I love self-taping. I have a business. And so I keep all of my self-tapes because I know that one day they'll serve me. So yes, I pulled, yes. I pulled together a, a ton of shit I had done, like uh, accents and like uh, action scenes and dramatic work and crying scenes and, and scenes where I was like really messed up. And I like, I kind of cut together a, a 10 minute demo of of audition tapes I had done and I sent that to the director and I was like this is the arc I see for Trader this is what I can do and he was right. like oh shit he was like you're such a chameleon because I changed my hair every two seconds and I think with the short hair and and then all the rom-coms I had done it was a bit of like how do you how does I don't I don't see the connection and uh so yeah I did that and I you know I try to when I talk about Trader I try to encourage other actors to like kind of fight for what they want sometimes you kind of have to yeah wild like that so so you were up against a few other actors for this role i don't know actually okay i don't know uh but i knew that i had to act fast because i knew that if any other actor 
uh, either someone more experienced or some with someone with a name. I didn't mm-hmm. want that to trump my chance. Like I was just like, I have to jump on this. Right. And you know, it's it's an indie film, and you're making peanuts. But I think it was yeah. the script was so good that That's anyone, great. anyone, and also we shot in February. No one's working in February. So yeah. I was like, I gotta, I gotta like Off feel season. the deal. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. So that was getting get save those old self tapes because you never know save if you have tapes. some, you, some good footage that's gonna impress the right director. But then I see you also attached as the producer. So once hired as the lead, you you uh became a producer on the film? I mean, no, I didn't produce the film. I what happens is that when you're doing an indie project and you're asking right. an actor to work for crumbs, um there's there's a, a very close collaboration uh, with the director and well I mean Corey did everything so it was really just Corey and I and so right. it became very clear that I was gonna have a voice and I was gonna have you know input and so that's where they offered me the producer credit but I look, nice. I did not do any of the work they they did that okay they did yeah. all that wow I mean Jesus Christ this this role is just crazy I mean this is could this be your most challenging role? I mean, you pretty much carry the entire film from beginning to end. Yeah, and I, you know, I mm-hmm. hope I hope I get to do something as crazy, if not crazier. I, I hope that this isn't the, the peak for me, you know? I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, but, you know, it's hard because it's a Canadian indie, and to get it, even like VOD, VOD is great, but uh, people need to rent it. Yeah, People need to actually go out of their way and rent it. Rent it, so, or maybe in a streaming yes. platform. It's it's headed to Tubi, right? Yeah, yeah. Eventually, it's gonna be on Tubi. But even okay. Tubi, like I don't know how to watch something on Tubi. Do you guys know? I do because uh, we've <laughs> I had saw some films. one movie on Tubi once. <laughs> you watched so. it? Had, okay. Yeah. We did, we did have to yeah. follow some shows on Tubi, but, <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Like you know, if it if it ended up on a major streamer, that'd be great because then it's just mm-hmm. it's 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 eyes. We want the eyeballs, right? Because Absolutely. we're not after money. We just want this is like a calling card for Corey and I, so that we can both keep doing what we're doing. Um. And hopefully absolutely. get paid for it. <laughs> absolutely. That is absolutely the goal. I did want to ask about the uh, snorting wasabi. Ah! <laughs> Guess what that was. So it was not wasabi. I'm guessing. Um, let me guess. Let me guess. Pureed peas. Yes. Pea based. Yes. Pea yeah. And honestly, I think I would have preferred snorting wasabi because I oh. hate peas. I peas, you can like squeeze a pea in front of me and I would vomit. Like I Oh wow. Okay. I don't like I you... the texture. I don't like the biting into it. I don't like the taste. Uh but of course they show up on set and they're like, Oh, you're gonna be it's safe, you know, it's not spicy, it's it's pea paste. And I'm like, Ugh. Oh my god. <gasps> and there's a point where I snorted a few times. There's a point where I'm lying on the floor on my back and I'm snorting a bunch of it and I then I, I kind of gag and I turn to my side. That that is just that was me being like, oh. but you don't ruin the take. You just keep going, right? And hope that it makes the cut. You're like suffering oh my for, the, for the art. <laughs> and eventually you have to blow the wasabi out or the, the peas out of your nose, right? It goes, it, I feel it like it goes, it goes into straight your, to your brain. I feel like I'm Does it go straight to your brain? Now. <laughs> it's kind of like that that thing where you like people who, the, the kids who stick carrots up their brain, <laughs> up their noses, and it, it grows sprouts. And like, that's a. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like an urban legend. And, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, I, I believe that. It was gross. It was disgusting. But wow. the things you do, like when you're on set and you're kind right. of on a high, and the thing is, it's such an, uh, in, uh, in, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? the experience of it, I, it was so all consuming. Like it was just me. I yes. was in every shot, every yeah. frame. Yes. We the basement. <laughs> we were in a basement of uh, a barber shop. And so it's like, I was, I was in it. I was like, okay, what else do you wow. want me to do? Hey, uh, it worked for Brie Larson in room. So it could work. For yes. You. That's it true. Could be the start of something like really great for you. I mean, listen, I really hope so, you know, and uh, when we were doing it, I was already thinking of like, how are we going to like, how are we going to promote this? How are we going to get this scene? Because I've been in way too many films that just never amounted to anything. And that's a freaking shame. And that's a Canadian problem, right? So, yeah, and and, uh, I just... Yeah, and I, I kind of took it upon myself, like also being the only on-screen actor. We had an amazing voice cast, but being the only on-screen actor, it kind of falls on me to to really push the film. And um, and so like yeah, I, I hired a publicist publicist because I'm like we need to talk about this. I need to meet people and do interviews. I need to get the word out. Otherwise, it's just gonna disappear. And it's like we worked too hard. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I we Morgan and myself it uh, watched it, and we need to endorse your film, and we de- we Thank certainly you. do endorse it. And we urge our listeners to watch it because yeah. it's it's. I don't think you've I've seen anything like this before. It's that's no. the- yeah, it's, it's wild. My my parents watched it, and uh, <laughs> yeah, what they think. <laughs> my dad, uh, who speaks in the third person, was like, it's not daddy's type of movie <laughs> but, <laughs> but you can act i mean yeah so you're i was right. like okay that's a win yeah. Yeah. yeah i mean if you're, you're telling bob the broker amazing. to very naughty things I- i'm sure that wouldn't make any difference <laughs> right? first of all that's one of my favorite scenes i love that scene so much but yeah i mean he's seen and listen i just wrapped on uh, love is the monster which is a horror film it's like a finnish oh, american cool. co-pro um and it's we'll talk there's a next, yeah. lot of sex in that it's like cold. oh snap it's like a bunch of couples that go to this uh finished retreat and you know shit mm-hmm. hits the fan but wow. uh, i'm like i i cannot ask my family to watch that right. wow love is a monster yeah i saw that on your bio that's with yeah. carrie ann moss um, that's die alone that's the that's another oh one. sorry thank you less i apologize sex the, although there is some but it's less explicit love is a monster okay so there, there is nudity is what you're saying in this love oh is monster. yeah okay oh yeah there's like titties and butts and skinny dipping and sex whoa and, oh wow okay. well you know it's the genre it's the horror genre yeah gotta, yes yeah but i always like try to remind my parents that you know it wasn't sexy when we shot it. Okay. Like those scenes are not, they're very mechanical. They're awful for everyone. They're uncomfortable. They're, yeah, they're not sexy. They're like the opposite of sexy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you, you, you've had experience uh, doing uh, nudity in film and TV before? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so I, played is... a, I played, I played, um, 
Danica DeBove on um, B Wars, yes, which B -Wars. was like a, a vampire show. And you can't have a vampire show without without some, some nudity. Sort of, you're right. You know, unless it's Twilight. But, Unless it's um, Twilight, which had to adhere to young audiences, but yes, yes for the most part. Yeah, but I don't <laughs> be, mind. I don't. I feel like sex uh, and nudity is part of the human experience, so it should be yes. represented. It just can't be gratuitous. That's that's where I draw the line. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And you're very lovely, so I'm, there's no complaints here in the room. So <laughs> that is for sure. Um, but the V Wars, yeah, La Lady Vic in DC. V Wars, which also had its like audiences taken over from Vampire Diaries. There's a lot of fandoms going on here. Oh yeah, and, the the biggest was Shadowhunters. And Shadowhunters, yes. <clears throat> they are loyal. Yes, have you, been, have Queen. you been invited to any cons yet? Like, I did, yeah, I did a con last summer in uh in Paris, and it was like my first and last con. Um, last. And, uh, well, for now, I haven't done it since. Um, okay. Yeah. Hope uh, you have more. Hopefully, there's more. But uh, yeah, it was wild. It was so insane. First of all, insane that they would pay us to show up and meet fans. Just that's just crazy. In Paris too. In Paris. <laughs> yes. In Paris. Like the most romantic city in the world. I know. It's a good life. It's a good life. But it was funny because it was the show was the show was successful because of the fan base, mm -hmm. and then to meet the fans, the diehard fans, really, that yeah. basically make your job happen is really wonderful, and um and a lot of them I I recognized from just their engagement online. Oh, I, I was wow. like, oh, you're you're that account on Instagram, and like. So it's 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 beautiful. And, you know, they that do the fan art and they they bring you gifts and you get to share nice. a moment with them and take photos. It's it's kind of surreal because. As a Canadian actor, like I'm never recognized, I don't like I don't do it for fame. I don't do it for money. I don't like that's just we do it because we love acting. Yes, um, this is true. So it's kind of crazy to. And I remember when I got cast, the it, it happened very quickly, and I, I got to set, and I, I was just like, what is happening? And the, the lead actors like sat me down, and they were like, okay, are you ready for this? Because it's going to be crazy. And I wasn't ready for it, and I think I spent like three days straight like glued to my phone, because at the time I had Twitter, and then I quickly realized that Twitter was not for me. Like, it was just so anxiety-inducing, the fact that you have to be... <laughs> Yeah. so concise with your words and clever mm. and funny and like how i don't know how many words you get but i was like, how many well, characters you get right i'm out mm -hmm. get me out yeah so stop <laughs> that but you would say shadow hunters if if it's any fandom or show you've done was would be the one that you most get recognized for oh yeah yeah oh yeah i mean never in the streets but definitely fans of the show mm. yeah for sure yeah yeah. But you also have the distinction of being part of the Marvel Universe and DC Universe, of course. A little bit as Lady of Vic. Yeah, Lady Vic, as we mentioned already, in Titans, which I know General Zod has watched. And then, of course, uh, Marvel uh, as in the Guardians of the Galaxy video game. Yeah, I play Gamora. Playing Gamora. How oh. cool. Awesome. Well, how, how, how much did you have to adhere to... Um, 
to the MCU, Gamora, for that? Like, did you have to, like, really follow following those footsteps or were you able to do no like they were really really like intentional with staying away from the mcu because they didn't want to have that as a right like they wanted to create a whole other world obviously inspired by the comics and stuff but right um it was really um a new take on the characters we had so much freedom um and i was already a fan of the movies but i chose to not revisit um and the writing was so strong they gave us like bibles of like character description and backstory and like it the the, the world was so rich mm-hmm. that we just did our own thing and they really encouraged that because they did not want the mcu fans to come at us you know, they really wanted to, because, you know, you can't, we can't replicate, like, Chris Pratt is Chris Pratt. Right. I, I know, saw there's clips. There's no point us trying to, like, it, it would, yeah. it, I think it would, like, just diminish the project. So it was really cool. From the get-go, they were like, don't even try to, an imitation, just do your own thing. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, it would I, I be, saw... it would, oh, go ahead. No, I just said I saw the clips on YouTube. I watched it. Uh, some of the clips from the video game came in. Yeah, the yourself that plays Gomorrah and the actor that plays um, Star Lord, very very different looking than than uh, the Gomorrah and yeah. um, Star Lord we see in the video. In the yeah in the movie. yeah yeah, they had their own. I mean, they're still the same sort of like key features, but right. they had their own thing going on, and also like. We had a lot of feedback that um, our characters were more defined or had more depth. But the truth is, when you're doing a video game, you have, like, hours of cinematics, hours of banter. Mm -hmm. Like, we had, like, 12 to 16 hours, I forget. Like, we had so much time with these characters to go deep um, that they don't get they don't have that time when they're shooting the MCU. The movies are like two, two hours. That's it. That's all they, that's, that's how deep they go. Mm-hmm, but it was, we were so lucky to have that much time with them. And each, you know, we all had our moments where, you know, our chapters in the game where uh, we were featured and we, we went in our, our backstories and, um, and that was cool because I, we hadn't seen that in, in the movies. And then also, Another thing that I, I'm so sorry. Do you guys hear my dog? He is losing his marble. Hey. We, we, we love dogs here on Below the Belt. Zod, yeah, Zod's you, dogs you, you, occasionally, you occasionally might see my dog in the background. He's so. just jumping around. Yeah, she's uh, she. There there are times where she would go and like look directly into the camera. Into the camera. And uh, so. Yeah, so he's acting. Like, he's acting up because I've been away all day and he wants me to go walk him. And I I will, but I will. What's your, what's your dog's name? Patat. Patat. Potato. Ah. Yeah, he's a little. I would show Patat. Come here. He also doesn't listen to me because I do such a poor job at training him. But he's a he's a King Charles spaniel. Oh, All right. No. He, he he looked like a sweet potato when I got him. So I called him pet I called him patat. Patat oh. which is French for potato. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, Do you speak to, French? I am. I'm French Canadian. You're French Canadian. Okay, ouais, great. Oui, oui. 
Bonsoir and Chante. <laughs> right. I've learned that from watching Emily in Paris. Sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, I'm like, oh. You just need you need some basics and some swear words. That's all you need. Yeah. That's all you well, I well, know you can use merd for just about everything. Yeah, merd. But merd <laughs> is like uh more of like a Parisian thing. Oh, that's true. Yeah, like I guess I've never been to uh, um, Quebec. I've been to France, but I've never been to Quebec. So you should. Montreal is like the best city. And uh, if you ever feel adventurous, you can go to the Gaspé, which is uh, a little peninsula above New Brunswick. So like eastern Quebec. That's where I'm from. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Gorgeous beaches. And yeah, it's great. Got to put that on my tra- travel plans. I've always wanted to visit Vancouver, too. Have you done the Vancouver um, life as well, or you kept it in Toronto for the most part? Um, I'm mostly in Toronto. I'm I'm in Toronto. Okay. I spent some time in L.A. because I like what? to escape winter. Um, but I've been yeah. – I'd like to spend some time in Toronto uh, in Vancouver, but I think I would go for if work brought me there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You don't but want to I be love... in the CW drama? Aren't you they all what? filmed up there? I haven't really tapped into the CW yet. I think <laughs> I, I did one episode, like, like way back. Um, and that was on the CW. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm, I skipped over that in my career. Because I, I feel like you need to be in your like early 20s. Mm-hmm. You know? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. In some in some ways, yes. But uh, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Which I, is okay because you're already okay. in the you're already in the DC universe as Lady <laughs> Vic, and that was I, cool because you're a British um, assassin, right? So you had to put on the the English accent for that, right? Oh yeah, and and yeah. I apologize to all the Brits out there. My accent was all over the place because <laughs> uh, they we had agreed like I had my. I've done a, like a lot of regional British accents, including yeah. the standard. So naturally, like my accent is truly everywhere. And I worked with a dialect coach and we agreed on doing more of like a sort of like a, a Newcastle Northern British accent. Hey, what's that? Sorry. Um, <laughs> but then on the day, the director kept asking me to do different things. And then my dialect coach was just like looking at me like, oh, that's not British. <laughs> um, so I apologize. I did. I just I did the best. But, but thank God Lady Vic was mostly like she was just killing people. Mostly killing people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and which accent uh, did you try to portray in in Traitor? <laughs> Glad you asked. <laughs> um, uh, my. So I did a Southern yeah god is... knows what kind of southern i I did something like texan or something it was okay. is is minimal um and then i did i i did a a, a new york okay <laughs> I, I tried a new york accent and then i did i heard uh, a little bit of that yeah i, I heard boston for, maybe. Uh, i heard the southern yeah. you heard the a, southern a, yeah there was a southern and then i did a uh I was trying to, I went for like a Minnesota accent for the first. Yes. Uh, but but Minnesota, all- but also just like, I wanted a friendly, disarming accent. Um, yes. And I was okay. like, for sure, Minnesota or Manitoba. Um, yeah. But, you know, accents are not my forte. But if that you're going to do character. an accent, you just commit. 
your character was a con artist. She's a con con artist. So you were trying to put on different accents. So it kind of, you know, it works. But I always, you know, I always, uh, I appreciate actors who are really, really good at dialects. It's a lot of, and it's not just the changes in the sounds, it's the placement in your mouth. And English is my second language. I'm, I'm, I'm French Canadian. So there's like, you know, when I, 10 years ago, when I went to theater school, I had, I had a really thick French Canadian accent and I had to standardize. So there was that. And then now putting on other accents on top of like, so I'm, I'm very self-conscious of that. And I just try to sound as like standardized as I can in my day to day. Because I used to, you know, I used to go to casting and they'd be like, are you foreign? <laughs> they, they didn't know. They were just like, so Americans thought I was foreign and then Canadians knew I was French or Quebecois. Mm. Yeah. There you go. But, wow. You guys well, dog? Yes. Yeah, sure. We love this dogs around Oh, oh. oh. Hello. Isn't he a sweetie? Aww. He's such a shit. He's really itchy right now. I think he's got a yeast infection. Uh-oh. Did you guys know that that's a thing for dogs? I do. I actually am very well aware of that. So what <laughs> do you female do? Dogs, yes. Do you know? Um, Dog- Dogacil? No, I had to, to ask my wife. Like she's the one actually took care of it. But yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I that was a bad joke. Dogacil. Yeah. Because he wakes me up in the middle of the night because he's so itchy. Oh. Yeah, but he's he's a good pup. Oh, well, you ha- you're going to have to put your dog in your next project. Yeah. You know, Somehow, he's right? been in a commercial. He's been. Oh, he's. Okay. Yeah, he's a very. Uh, he's in the industry. He was. Um, oh, wow. He okay. was featured in Dogs of Instagram's <laughs> book they published years ago. Oh, wow. Puppy, yeah. Yes. So he's. Wow. Us, okay. <laughs> we got we got one of the dogs of Instagram. How cool. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Well, Kimberly, wow, this has been incredible uh, yeah, to talk gonna about. To get, we're going we're gonna to have to give Patat the uh, joint billing for this interview today. Yes. Like, Wait, isn't Patat... that my contract? I only do yes. single card billing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, in that case, Kimberly, do you go by Kimberly Sue, Kim, Kim Sue, oh, just KSM? Oh, we're friends now. You can just call me Kim. All uh, right, well, there you yeah, go, Kimberly Kim. Sue <laughs> is when I'm in some deep, deep trouble. Okay. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, Kim, it's been great talking to you here on BTV Below the Belt Show. If you could, uh, before we end the interview, let us know who you are, throw out a plug for Trader, and let us know you're on Below the Belt Show. Hi, I'm Kimberly Sue Murray. I play uh, Trader in Trader, now on VOD. And uh, I'm uh, here with the Below to the Belt gang, and you can follow me on Instagram, Casey Murray. Yes. Awesome. That was thank awesome. Thank you guys so much. You're awesome. Yeah, thank you. You're awesome. Let's see if yeah, we can take you're, a snapshot. I got. I gotta say, you're definitely in the upper percentile for interviews. You actually. Look at that. And yeah. like you know, because. We get some robots on here sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on now. But like, <laughs> first of all, I love talking to people. Like, this is <laughs> yes. fun. Um, mm-hmm. But it's like, why why do interviews if you're not, like, right? Do you know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. And and big shout out to our friend Ashley Buck. Yes. Um, 
Yes, you uh, set this up for us. She is amazing. Thank you for setting that up for us. Uh, this interview for us. And uh, let's uh, do a snapshot before we end the, the interview. And on the count of three, one, two, three. And <laughs> it there it is. Let's see. Hopefully that's a good one. Thank you. Where are you, guys, take... um, where are you guys based? We're uh, um, all over the place, but mostly Maryland. Maryland. All right. Yes. I don't even know where that is. Uh, well, um, Al and I, Al and I are from the Baltimore area, and okay. Morgan, Morgan grew up in the Baltimore yeah, area. I'm, in, I'm near DC now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Nation's I capital. I haven't, you know, when I go to the states, it's like LA. Right. right. LA, so New York. Like I, I LA, New York. I can travel a bit more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All well, right. Well, thank you, thank you so much, so much Tim. Mm-hmm. Um, Actually, Zod, are you? Bedtime for me. Yeah, before I think that the for whatever reason that the photo didn't come out right. Zod, are you able to to do this the 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 photo op? I just want to make sure we get the photo op. Okay. It Uh, said the more button and then hit pick snapshot. Okay. Got it. Hey. Hey. Say pizza. There you go. There we go. Much better. (laughs) Much better. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Goodbye. All right. Bye bye, Kim. Wow, that was a lot of fun. She was awesome. She was so much fun. She was great. Yeah. You gotta. You gotta. I mean, so how can we share the movie? What? It's only on. Well, uh, it is on Amazon Prime. Oh, it's on Amazon Prime. Okay. It is on Amazon Prime. Yes. Okay. It's not. It's I not a part of Prime. I am definitely going to watch it as soon as I have two free hours. Yes. <laughs> so it was good. It's uh, it's not an Amazon Prime with a prescription. You still have to oh. rent it. Okay. Just FYI, okay. but it's definitely worth a checking out. And of course, I might and have to check TV. out. It's going to be on Tubi soon. Everyone. It's going to be on Tubi soon. Everyone, Everyone can has see it. Tubi, even if they don't know they have it. Yeah. <laughs> so. you download the app. Or Exactly. And I definitely need to see Love is Monster because she said there's titties and butts in it. So um, <laughs> I'll need to see that one when it comes out. Well, Jeez, anyways, yeah. it is it is Morgan's belated birthday. And of course, the pop princess Britney Spears is the artist for the classic cut. And I asked Morgan if it could be a different song than Oops, I Did It Again, which I think we've played three times. So yeah. You have selected a different Britney song, and uh, why don't you tell us about what song you chose, uh, Morgan? Um, I mean, we all know Britney's going through some struggles, but yes, my favorite songs of hers is Lucky. Um, okay. And yeah, here we go. All right, so here's the classic cut. We'll be back uh, here on B2B to wrap up everything in uh, movies and TV, and uh, we'll be right back. All right, we're back, guys. That was Britney Spears. Lucky. Um, another classic Britney, young Britney classic. Spears. Um, young Brit Brit. Young Brit Brit. And uh, we just had an amazing interview with the lovely and talented Kimberly Sue Murray. Make sure you check out Trader on Demand. 
But let's uh, wrap up um, some movie stuff. I was just talking about some great films, a part of the Toronto Film Festival. There's another uh, coming-of-age um, movie. And if you think of coming-of-age movies, it seems like this actor's always attached to these movies. That's Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things. It seems like he's a part of every coming-of-age one. This one's called Hell of a Summer, um, which pretty much the title pretty much talks about what it's about it seems at least you know um how um jason is too old to be in a summer camp but he passes a law internship to come to pineway and be a counselor one last time and then once he arrives he's the oldest counselor and he's ostracized for his childlike eagerness towards camp activities okay so all the uh Finn Wolfhard, I guess, plays one the one of the summer camp um, kids, I guess. Um, but um, that's one of the films that was making waves at Toronto. There's also a film called Nyad. It's about Diana Nyad, who dreamed of swimming from Cuba to Florida. That's 110 mm-hmm. miles of open ocean. And uh, yeah, that's that's a suicidal mission if you think about it. 100, swimming 110 miles. Um, possibly, you know, depending on the currents or whatever, but, uh, the free solo directors, Elizabeth Chai, Vasserhelm and Jimmy Chin are making the leap from documentaries to fiction with a fact-based film. Um, and, uh, Annette Benning plays a woman who braved the storms, um, being, uh, um, taking on that journey. So, um, that is definitely, um, I guess, a film to check out. Apparently, also is the in the Guinness Book of World Records. Um, so it's so it is a true story. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. Um, well, actually, it's <laughs> I'm misquoting it, but basically, uh, it separates the Guinness Book World Records from the Darwin Awards, and the Darwin Awards are for people who do stupid things. <laughs> and. Uh, of course, um, you know, they had the, the Toronto uh, Film Festival Awards, American Fiction won the, the, the People's Choice Awards, and that was uh, with the great actor Jeffrey Wright. Um, you might know him from such shows as Westworld, and he was in the Batman movie with uh, uh, Robert Pattinson. <laughs> Robert Pattinson. He plays both Jim Gordon and the, and right. the Watcher. Yeah, and the watcher. Yeah. So and he looks later. Exactly. So yep. that's three fandoms right there. Three fandoms right there. Speaking of fandom, let's go to Star Wars news. So the Lando series that was supposed to be on Disney Plus is now gonna be a movie. Which I think makes sense because solo a Star Wars story was a movie. And then yeah. you have Donald Glover reprising his role as Lando. I think it would kind of, if it's a direct sequel of sorts, because now it's focusing on on the um, Lando Calrissian character uh, played by Donald Glover, it should be a film. But basically, they were on a um, a podcast web series, and apparently they brought up Solo, and then Donald Glover said. But the nerds will figure it out anyways. <laughs> that does he that said, brings up an interesting question. 
Do you guys yeah. consider Don, like Donald Glover is a huge star? Like, yes. I mean, there's no, uh, there's no question about that. I mean, childhood. Yeah. But do you, th- you think he's better known for his, uh, for his acting or his music? I think it, right now, uh, acting because his music was pretty much just a, a, a just a limited stint of time. You know. You think, um, well. No. I don't know. I don't think he, is he, he still. Play, yeah, I think he's so busy acting that he hasn't even been in the studio to release anything as Childish Gambino. As far as I'm concerned, I don't know. Well, like, but, you know, because I think about like the very first time, like the very, the very first time I ever heard of him, and I'm assuming it's the same thing for you guys, was from Community, right? Community was that one of his first um, roles? Yeah, I believe so. I forget how much stuff he's been in. But he's been in a lot. Yeah. He's definitely been in a lot. Yeah. And like, so like, uh, but he's a big enough star that he doesn't need to do TV shows anymore, even though he, he created and did Atlanta. And that's a fantastic show. I think and, that's why. Yeah, I think that's why that their focus now is to do a movie, because yeah. he did clarify the idea right now is to do a movie with this Lando project. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so he's a big, and I think it'll probably work better that way. Right. So I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same so, time, I don't remember him ever taking like, you know, being the lead in a movie before. So it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see like how, yeah. how he does it. And he he was one of the shining aspects of the solo Star Wars story. So I actually really I actually liked solo. I like that. I movie. did too. It got, <laughs> some some critics didn't like it, but I, yeah. I enjoyed it, you know, and you know I love your grace, the other your grace, um, Daenerys Targaryen, the real Daenerys Targaryen, um, <laughs> Amelia Clark, who plays who plays Kira in Solo. Mm-hmm. Other Disney Plus stuff. Um, apparently, Elemental that didn't do well in the box office is actually doing well on Disney Plus. Oh, I didn't so, realize it was on Disney Plus yet. It but. is, yeah, twenty six point mm-hmm. four million views on the first five days on Disney Plus. So I guess it will get some success on that. And then I got some news on Loki season two. So it's following in the footsteps of Ahsoka and will be dropping at a reasonable hour and not midnight and 3 a.m. You know, because I was like for the hardcore fans, that was kind of a <laughs> that was a big ask for people that work during the week to for them to stay awake uh, until 3 a.m. Uh, on weekdays, uh, midnight for West Coasters. So they're dropping um, the Loki will be dropping on 9 p.m. Just like Ahsoka Eastern time, 6 p.m. Pacific time. So there you go. And uh, I, I know, Zod, you are enjoying um, Ahsoka. We did talk about it last week. We didn't see tonight's episode yet. But uh, yeah, have you been enjoying have you been enjoying it, Zod? I've been enjoying it. I'm still way behind. So are you I, way behind. Well, well, that's perfectly I think you're fine. Too behind, you're too I, behind. But I okay. love but okay, so you so you haven't seen the last two weeks. Um, a new, a new no. episode does drop tonight, but that's I, okay because I haven't seen tonight either because we've been on the air. So we will uh, re uh, visit that next week on BTB to talk about uh, more Soka. But I'm loving it. I am loving it. Um, do you know about the big return? Because that was like a couple weeks ago. Was that last week or the week before? Okay, so you're I, you're still behind. I'm, I'm okay, so really behind because oh, you're I'm really behind. Assuming, okay, I'm assuming is it uh someone from Rebels? Is it like uh, Admiral Thrawn? Is that who you're talking about? I, I'm not gonna. Well, I'm not gonna reveal because due to you and Morgan, 
you and Morgan being behind, I don't want to reveal it, but I figured you. I think yeah, I, I figured you might have. Do you do you want me not to say? Would you rather just watch? It's a big uh, one. I think I've only what? seen the first three. Uh, okay. So is it better that I don't say anything? Yeah, is, just don't say. Yeah, why don't okay. why, why don't you not spoil it? We'll we'll, we'll uh, save it for next time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But definitely watch. Definitely watch. And well, Grand Admiral Thrawn, you already saw the trail. You know he's gonna he's gonna return. Right. Um. I had a feeling. Yeah, but the, the this return was not in the trail. That's all I'll say. Uh, let's see. Disney Plus also released a trailer for Percy Jackson and the Olympians. It's probably a show that maybe Zod's kids watch, but I certainly do not watch. Based um, on, aren't they? Well, it, yeah. was, it was a book. There was a movie that had... Uh, actually, it exactly. had um, uh, Alessandra Daddario. Yes, that's right. Or is it Alessandra yeah. or Alexandra? Alexandra. Alexandra Daddario was in the yeah. original movie. Who is years like ago. one of the and most... They- women in hollywood yes although she was a she was a teenager in that so i probably shouldn't say that about what well, she was. you're talking about her now zod we get yeah it. yeah but yeah. yeah that's that's the one thing i remember about that and yeah it was, <laughs> was a fun little scene with like a, a french connection pinball game which i thought was kind of cool <laughs> <laughs> French connection pinball game. all right moving on to netflix one piece will get a second uh season so one piece is now two piece <laughs> nonetheless that show that show is another show. i've only seen the first episode of that okay show. that show is insanely fun though okay it's, good good to know because that, that yeah that show, show that's yeah it's on my to watch list it, i know it's based yeah, on the popular I don't know, manga like, yeah i'm not really an anime guy and it's some there are certain like ticks about anime that like bug me so it makes it right. different for me to watch it and yeah. the the live action version is fun as hell. <laughs> so that's well, hey, and a lot of people are watching Zod. It's uh, mm-hmm. continued for the top of Netflix for the third week in a row, number one. Is this, the, is this supposed to be the, about the anime character, the guy that wears the straw hat? Yeah. Okay. Yep. And it's a live went, action version of that. I went to an anime thing a couple of weeks ago because friends of mine were bartending at it. And yeah. one of my friends dressed as that guy, but he didn't even know who he was. He just was like, oh, I looked up anime and I dressed as this guy. Dress up. <laughs> and then I see and then I see the the oh trailer my. for this live action. And I was like, wait, that's the guy yeah. that he's dressed as. And he just so so right. at that thing where they're like like 30 other people dressed up as. <laughs> so people were dressed as like a lot of other things. OK, like a lot of. A lot of other different anime. Okay. Yeah. It was, it was wow. Very, it was very interesting. Yeah. Well, hey, the 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 fandom is out there. Number yeah. one on Netflix. Number two was Virgin River, um, which is the fifth season. Number three was the limited series, who is Aaron Carter. And then we have um, the UK comedy Top Boy. And selling the OC season two with the fourth and fifth place of TV shows on Netflix. So, um, but moving on to HBO Max, this is a show I know that Zod will probably watch. And this is the Harley Quinn animated spinoff of Kite Man. Hell yeah. <laughs> the trailer was so good. Uh, it was so funny. It's definitely not for kids. Right. Um, uh, definitely a set to debut in 2024. And it's Kite Man and Golden Glider take their relationship to the next level. 
by opening a bar in the shadow of Lex Luthor's Legion of Doom. Wow. <laughs> um, this is the this is good stuff, man. I mean, the Harley Quinn animated series is probably one of the best animated shows out right now, Zod. Yeah, I don't know it's if you actually, agree. It's actually probably one of the best DC properties right now. Yes. Being made. Yes. And it's funny because it is DC does really, really well with uh, their more like tongue in cheek stuff, and they really yeah. sh- should do more of it. And yes, because a lot of times, a lot one of the big, um, you know, like the big things with like the Snyderverse and all that is it was so serious and right. <laughs> like the complete opposite of that. And yes, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, uh, of course, also on HBO is Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty. Uh, apparently, that has been canceled. So uh, the recent season two finale also serves as the series finale. So um, so if you're a fan of that show, sadly, that only gets two seasons. But this is a show that I know you and you and I will definitely try, Zod, and that's the boys spinoff. Oh, yeah. Called... Gen V, I, I, I'm pretty sure it's Gen V because of Vought, right? Right, right. I was trying to figure out whether it was V or Gen Five or whatever. But well, they uh, were called uh, they were called the V Men because they tried yes. to like obviously like an X Men analog and um, yeah. in, in the comics. And well, they're they're really speaking of like really clever marketing. We we're talking about the AI robots earlier. They have a website called. GoDolkinUniversity.com. So this is the Gen V um, fictional um, college. And that's the website of the university. It's a superhero college. Of, and it's uh, you can actually uh, purchase items uh, from Amazon.com through the, the virtual store. So I guess they kind of linked in the Amazon store to the GoDolkinUniversity.com website. So you can actually explore the campus. You can um, purchase the merchandise and uh, uses 3D and uh, looks looks really really cool. If you get a chance to check it out, check it out. Again, that is GodolkinUniversity.com. Big Zod. Looks like you're you're pulling it up the way the way you're uh oh. <laughs> this, uh, okay. <laughs> I was, no, maybe maybe you weren't. I'm sorry. I, if you was, were not. I was looking at something on a screen, but it was. But it wasn't. It I, wasn't good. I was that. curious about something. I'm, I'll go to that site eventually. I was just curious. You were talking about. Um, um. Oh, I forgot her name already. The the swimmer who who tried to swim from Havana to Miami. Oh yes, yes, that swimmer. Yeah, the um, Nyad. Diane yeah. Nyad. Yeah. Diane Nyad. And yes. I was just curious as to what the uh, what the actual record is for the longest distance ocean swim. And apparently yeah. it's 155.3 miles. That's the that's the Guinness World Record. 155 yeah. miles. Yeah. Yeah. By impressive. Pablo Fernandez in Miami. That is very impressive. That is super duper impressive. All right. Uh, let's see. Over also on our friends at Amazon, there is a series called Wilderness with the lovely Jenna Coleman from Doctor Who fame and um, Ashley Benson, Eric Balfour, Oliver Jackson Cohen. And um, interesting premise for this one. Um, the opening of the 
the, the first episode shows uh, a black wa- widow spider getting squished within a few seconds. So I guess that's kind of like a foreboding, I guess, um, because it's really it, basically the, um, uh, the, the the series is about um, adultery. Yeah. Um, so uh, I don't know how that, I mean, plays into the title called wilderness but uh anyways uh <laughs> it's about actually a uh, adaptation of a novel uh from b.e jones so uh anyways um so that's that show on amazon i'm not sure if i'm going to turn tune into that one it doesn't uh but paramount plus so paramount plus they're really putting out the big big movies on there, it seems so. You can see the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem on mm. Paramount Plus. So it seems like uh, the one streaming service that's eluded me is getting a lot of big movies. <laughs> um, another big movie, which uh, I know our 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 um, own Ali Dash would be happy to know, is that Good Burger Two is going to be dropping on Paramount Plus, and of course, that's the direct sequel. With Cal Mitchell and um, Good Burger too, and that's Keenan right, I, and that's Keenan right, Thompson, Keenan Thompson and Cal Mitchell, direct, direct to just directly to Paramount Plus. That's right. That's gonna drop on November twenty second. I don't know how Keenan Thompson has any time to do anything. Yeah, yeah, he's in like he's Saturday Night Live. He's got a sitcom. Yeah. And now and now he's going to be doing this, you know. Well, this was a film, so I guess that was And he's one-off. probably going to do Saturday Night Live till he dies. Yeah. Like he's gonna... he, He's the longest tenured member. Yeah. yeah. It's he? amazing. I think yeah, so. He, he started in 2001 or 2000? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. That is wild. Yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's a definitely a legend, kind of like um, Dr. Frazier Crane, Kelsey Grammer. Uh, they just dropped a trailer for the new Frazier, which is a revival on Paramount+. Plus. Can you believe uh, Frazier is back in a 10-episode season? So, Well, Kelsey that... Grammer really needs it. <laughs> <We'll see. laughs> he's... Uh... It's been a while since he's been in anything prominent or. Well, like he's in a like you you know I guess he's one of the um he's one he's like an outspoken like one of the uh the outspoken conservatives in Hollywood so chances are that has something to do with it but I don't know interesting yeah but well yeah but I guess some folks yeah they they let their politics uh, overtake their. but he's a, guess, he, he's yeah. definitely in a lot of um, similar movies to whatever that that QAnon child trafficking movie that made all that money. Sound earlier. of Freedom, yeah. Sound of Freedom, yeah. He's he's in he's in a lot of movies that kind of evoke that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's interesting because the the real subject of that film now has some sexual misconduct allegations against him, which is crazy oh, because he was he? yeah because he was trying to stop trafficking. But at the same time, got into trouble because he had women join him to pretend that they were a couple to try to rescue these kids. But at the same time, insisting that the women sleep in the same bed and shower with him and stuff. And 
So apparently this this is the real life person that Jim Caziel uh portrayed in Sound of Freedom. So mm-hmm. yeah, kind of cra- <laughs> kind of crazy on that, but uh and yeah. we're going to get to those uh those uh me too um defenders shortly, but uh speaking of shows that are rebooted, um like we talked about the Frasier show, Wonder Years is going to come to an end after two seasons on ABC. So that was uh Inspired by the original series that uh, debuted in 1988. Um, and the recent version starred Dulé Hill and featured Don Cheadle. Um, but only got two se- two seasons out of it. So, And then also on network TV, Yellowstone is the f- uh, apparently because of the strike, CBS needs content. So they're dropping Yellowstone on, on uh, the, the main CBS uh, network. It did really well. 6.6 million viewers um, on CBS. And of course, with the strike, reality TV is now getting popular. They're going to do a Surreal Life Season 2, um, <laughs> which stars such A-listers as Ted Hanks, a son of Tom Hanks, oh, singer he's Macy the, Gray. He's, singer, he the, he's kind of the fuck-up son. The one with I think like, he's the fuck Yeah, he's the fuck-up one, yeah. Yeah. Because I guess uh, Colin Hanks is doing pretty well. Colin Hanks is the one that's doing well. Yeah, that's that's why I said A-listers. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Fifth Harmony's Allie Brooke. <laughs> Real Housewives of Atlanta, Kim Zolciak, and Johnny Weir. Um, and model Josie Canseco. Okay, so. So. I, that's besides, the thing. We need the strike to, to resolve because then we're going to be more reality TV, guys. Besides randomly knowing that Ted Hanks is Tom Hanks's fucked up fuck up son because of one article I read, I have not Ted heard Hanks. of this other person in the um, anyone in, else in the cast. Yeah, at least before they were people I heard of. People I mean, I know, yeah, I know Fifth Harmony. They're they're a band. Fifth Harmony, I know you were a fan of. Yeah, but yeah, for the rest, I mean, Macy Gray. You know, she had Macy some sex. Gray, oh yeah. wait, you said you said Macy Gray. I must have. Macy missed. Gray, yeah, oh, rapper okay. OT. Yeah, I definitely know. I definitely know Macy. Yeah, we know Gray. Macy Gray. I take it back. Yeah, I mean, but at the end of the day, they're not A-listers. But then that's what's going to happen with the yeah, writer strike, strike and the actor strike. Apparently, they're supposed to meet the Writers Guild. Supposed to meet with the AMPTP. Um, Wednesday, uh, tomorrow, well, Wednesday, know, the twentieth. Um, remember, like when we went to go see Adam Conover, like the comedian? yes, he's yes. also on the board of the Writers Guild of America. Ah, and, and uh, so like, um, I mean, he talks about the strike all the time, I mean, for, and from the way he describes it, <laughs> there's like it doesn't look like it's going to end anytime soon. Anytime soon, yeah. yeah. That's the thing, yeah. And he's very passionate. I saw saw some of his posts about it, and uh, mm-hmm. apparently Drew Barrymore had to give in to to scrutiny and pressure from his, her peers because she resumed <laughs> her her talk show, which mm-hmm. I think talk shows should just should be able to resume if they're not if they don't have you know WGA writers. And in her case, there was some WGA uh, WGA writers, so. She got a lot of heat because she was trying to write the show herself with with a couple of scab writers, I guess. Apparently, yeah. she got a lot of heat, so she had to apologize in a tearful video. But she's and then that she's pausing the production on her show because 
she apparently just wanted the crew to make money and yeah. you know, the writers that weren't a part of the writers guild to, to, to make some money. But, uh, apparently she didn't expect that kind of attention and the, you know, she, you know, and she, yeah. So, I mean, it, it's crazy. It's crazy. What's going on right now. Apparently Sherry Shepard defended her show because she's never employed a WJ writer. But the thing about Drew Barrymore's show, she had WGA writers, you know, so. And then you have, like, Dancing with the Stars, which you, you would think that it's reality, it's competition, yeah. that they would be immune from it. But apparently they they say that the Writers Guild considers that Dancing with the Stars is a part of struck work. And apparently the WGA people that were associated with Dancing with the Stars may picket the show, which I think is kind of crazy. It's I didn't, I didn't think you needed, I mean, I can understand yeah. talk shows, you need writers for the monologues, but for a dancing competition show, do you need WGA writers? I don't know, but I mean, that's a thing. That's why they're having these, um, you know, reality shows because, you know, there's no writers or real actors involved. I mean, there's actors involved, but it's, they're not acting. Yeah. There's no, but it's a crazy situation. I mean. I mean, Dance with the Stars already has controversy because they have Adrian Peterson in the cast this season, and apparently he's been charged with child abuse of his four-year-old son, which is kind of crazy. But And he's also been charged with a felony child abuse and uh, also um, misdemeanor reckless assault. Mm-hmm. And also in 2022, arrested in suspicion for domestic violence. But the charges were dropped. But apparently, um, Fiona Burgess, who's been a pro on Dance with Stars, was very disappointed. Um, not only because she wasn't asked to be back, but also the fact that, you know, she had a problem with him being on the show, which I don't know if the charges were dropped. It's one thing, but I mean, hard to say. But yeah, we already talked about um, the uh, Tim Ballard, who played um, the anti child. Trafficking Crusader and Sound of Freedom. So I already mentioned that a little earlier, but now there's another um, actor that's facing um, charges of sexual assault and rape and emotional abuse, and that's Russell Brand. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I remember Russell Brand. He was married to uh, Katy Perry at one point, and apparently the last few years has been living back in England. And, uh, Apparently, one of the victims said that Russell Brand assaulted her when she was 16, and he was in his 30s at the time. And 16, though, man. What the fuck, dude? Um, emotionally and sexually abusive relationship. Um, another relationship where he forced his dick down her throat. My God. God. And another one where she he apparently removed the condom during intercourse without her knowledge. Um, and these women are coming out about the... It's because the Me Too movement's been a little quiet for a while, you know. Remember that time when just a whole bunch of shit was coming out, but but now it's like, you know, Russell Brand. So they took down a lot of his stuff, like on BBC and on YouTube. This stuff has been taken down. Mm-hmm. So yes, uh, he's been the latest in the whole Me Too movement. And then you had Justin Roiland from Rick and Morty. So. Apparently, initially, it was just domestic charges, but now he's he's got new allegations of sexual misconduct. 
that he sexually assaulted a woman and apparently was also inappropriate in his communication with minors. So this is new. Apparently, at first, it was just domestic abuse, alleged domestic abuse. Now we're hearing more crazy shit about the voice of Rick and Morty, you know, former voice of Rick and Morty, because now they have to hire soundalikes, which yeah. I know you, you're a fan of Rick and Morty, aren't you, Zod? And it's going to be I, real weird. It's going to be weird to see new, to hear new voice actors. But if they do soundalikes, hopefully won't even bat an eye and it won't even. Matter. I have a feeling. I have a feeling it's not going to matter. I mean, there's, there are certain like, um, I don't know. It depends. Like they've never like as a, an example of what you would think uh, wouldn't be too hard to replace, but has been impossible. Like Kermit the Frog doesn't hasn't sounded the same since uh, Jim Henson died. Yeah. Yes, but he never was a victim of the Me Too movement. So no, no, that was a, there was a reason. There was a reason to replace him. Yeah, yeah, of course not. But what what I'm saying is like yeah. um, it's. Uh, but with Rick and Morty, there's like a million people on Twitter and on Instagram who do Rick and Morty. Um, oh, images. okay. And, and they're very so, good. I don't well. Uh, I can't really comment on the quality or lack thereof, but there's a okay. lot of people who do them. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like I can I could totally see see some kind of voice chameleon actor able to do that. But I was thinking but but I but then I was thinking about the whole Kermit mm. the Frog thing where like he's never sounded this, uh, him and like other Muppets like Ralph have never yeah. sounded the same since they've been replaced. Like since yes. uh, Jim Henson yes, is you're right. So I guess it's kind of a crapshoot. <laughs> That's the yeah, best way to You're right, man. It's crazy because apparently the, with Roylands, he also pressured dates to have sex and took advantage of younger women with uh, alcohol and other things. Um, of course, Roylands' attorney and him are, are calling the accusations false and defamatory. But apparently, they interviewed 11 women. And examined thousands of messages sent between 2013 and 2023. So, uh, man, Justin is in uh, hot water, dude. Complete hot water. And, of course, the one that we uh, talked about last week, uh, Danny Masterson, as you know, has been sentenced to 30 years to life in prison for the rapes of two women in 2003. And this is new news, just breaking news that Bijou Phillips has filed for uh, divorce from Danny Masterson, um, which uh, doesn't surprise me. I guess when when someone goes away for a while, then you know, sentence like that, then I guess that's, I guess to protect the finances, maybe. I I, I don't know. Um, well, a lot of it. I mean, it depends. Uh, Danny Masterson's not getting out of prison anytime soon. <laughs> and so yeah that it, it, it won't help her yeah. to stay married to him even though she believes yeah. in him and stood by stood by his side every you know every single day in court you know she cried like crazy when you know but but yeah it's uh i guess the the, the priority remains their their only daughter and um it's a shame it's a shame danny masterson uh has been accused and um has been proven by the court uh, to be guilty of of rape for those two women, you know. So, um, and then of course you have Ashton Kutcher and uh, Mila Kunis who had a lot of heat because they did the good character statements on Danny Masterson. Well, we talked about that last week, but Ashton Kutcher now has resigned from Thorn, 
which is the anti-child sex abuse organization he co-founded in 2009 with Demi Moore, which who, who his sex wife was. Mm-hmm. And apparently he said he decided to step back because of the backlash re- he received because they wrote letters to support to Danny Masterson ahead of his sentencing for rape. It's a tough situation, man. Those are his best friends, you know, or were, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like Ashton and Mila Kunis work with Danny Master in that 70s show. They never saw that side of Danny. They never knew about it. They just, uh, per request of the family and Danny to write letter, great, you know, letters of, of support um, and, you know, good character um, because he is, you know, he's facing, you know, 30 years in prison, which of course he was now found guilty of, you know, mm-hmm. it's a tough situation. I mean, when you, when you still, you know, uh, I don't know. I haven't, really, I haven't really followed it. Like this was. Yeah. Years ago. And people are coming forward. Now. 2003, 2003, Danny Masterson was accused of raping two women uh, in his Hollywood Hills home. They are both members of the church of Scientology. And they both uh, took him to court for the second time. And for the second time, they were able to successfully, you know, as far as they're concerned, um, found Danny guilty of rape for both of the women. And uh, and he was just sentenced earlier this month. And, of course, Ashton and Mila Kunis being the best friends. Right. That 70s show, they're in a tough situation, you know. You know, do they write the letters, you know, because they support their friend or because – because he's found guilty today. I, mean, I don't know. It's it's it was a tough situation for them, I guess. You know, I don't know. But um, in all cases, um, only got a couple more things left, guys. Wow. Um, some good news for Baltimore's own John Waters. He now has a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame, um, which is very very well deserved. It's been a my god he's been in the industry he's 77 years old i wonder why it took so long for john waters to get a star in the hollywood walk of fame you know but uh i'm glad he did i'm glad he finally did and then this is what boggles my mind because disney is now spending 60 billion on theme park expansion over the next day but still disney ceo bob Iger can't come to an agreement with the wga and then screen actors guild about Paying their actors and writers some residual money, but yet they're gonna drop sixty billion on theme park uh, expansion. Uh, I guess you know the stock dip apparently um, might. Have, I don't know if it has anything. The stock dipping due to uh, programming that's been halted due to the strike, but I don't know. Kind of crazy. Bit, but yeah, there's um, Disney really needs it. Yeah. I mean, as much as any big giant mega corporation does, but it's like uh, they've. Um, I mean, Disney has really taken a dip in the past. Yes, uh, they have. They haven't. Um, they haven't had any sort of like huge, huge, like kind of cultural touchstone type hit in a long, long time. You're absolutely right. Yep. And, and then Little Mermaid Little wasn't Mermaid. that great of a success. Yeah. Yeah, I mean Little Mermaid was actually Elementals. I, I haven't um, you no, could, Little you could Mermaid say, was good. It was good, but, but it wasn't you, a box office success. It, it wasn't. Would you consider it though a like a um 
Because Disney, at least once every, like, three or four years, would have a movie out in one of their franchises that would be considered, like completely a um like a game changer where everyone would talk about it you know whether it was a marvel movie a star wars movie or Mm -hmm. a traditional disney movie or a pixar movie i mean something that was so outstanding and people talked about years and years and they haven't had anything like that in a while and it's uh i mean on top of that they're having lots of issues in florida I mean, you know, good on them to like try to try to fight back against Ron DeSantis. But the <laughs> um, but sixty billion on theme park expansion, I guess is. I mean, it's going to get people to to go back to the park, obviously, for for the expansion. Um, mm-hmm. I'm thinking maybe a third Disney park in the U.S. might might help too. I don't know. Um, somewhere in like in the Midwest or somewhere. Yeah. In the yeah, I think so. I think so. I think that would be a good idea, but I don't know. Uh, there was, there was, uh, I think there were rumors that they wanted to do something in Texas, but I don't know. For now, we have the two parks, and I think that's funny. <laughs> they can just expand on those for sure. And uh, just a couple things on WWE. So as you know, WWE merged with uh, UFC uh, through Endeavor, uh, and of course that was sold to Endeavor. Vince McMahon sold the company. So now it's together, it's called TKO Group Holdings. So because of that merger, they fired 100 WWE employees. So I got to feel bad for some of those that have been released um, from their uh, WWE um, jobs. Um, I mean, some pretty much high, high ranking um, corporate people have been let go. And I mean, it's one thing they did. I mean, I guess that's the. That's what happens when you have a merger like that. But uh, but nonetheless, SmackDown was must-see TV last Friday, guys. I know you don't watch um, wrestling regularly, but The Rock returned, which is crazy, and which caused. Did he return um, as Dwayne Johnson, or did he return? Well, as- he's he's always The Rock. I mean, the WWE will always know him as The Rock. As you know, the writers strike and the actors strike. He's not on set, so he just happened to be in town in Denver, supposedly, and apparently it. Um, the ratings went up 22.68% from the previous week because of The Rock's appearance. We had that little segment with with uh, Austin Theory and, and uh, Pat McAfee. Actually, that, that brings up a good question. So yeah. WWE doesn't have uh, WGA writers? They don't have WGA writers, nope. That's a, that's interesting. I would have thought, especially because writing, I mean, it's such a writing-heavy... Um, it is. Know, yeah, and, it's, it, and I think that's thank God because we, we would be seeing uh, reruns of WWE right now, and I think uh, yeah they were able to work around that, uh, and I guess they really don't employ WGA writers. Yeah, and a lot of the writers are former like WWE wrestlers or are they or uh, some of them are. Yeah, you know who's some, a, you know you know who was uh, I guess he Triple was H. A wcw writer but do you know who was a wcw writer in the night in the 90s a guy named bob mold i don't know if you know who he is oh yeah bob mold is a a singer right yeah he was the lead singer of a um like a oh my god that's crazy called husker do and this other like alternative band called sugar okay yeah 
remember reading that and I was like, and he put out a bunch of solo albums too, but it's like, um, I remember reading that and it was, it just, it just blew my mind that, cause that's what he did for most of the nineties yeah. for WCW. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. That's an interesting, uh, um, factoid there, Zod, but, uh, I mean, SmackDown was huge because not only did you have The Rock making a surprise appearance, but also John Cena returned in a the Grayson Waller effect um, talk show segment of SmackDown, which is the closing the show. And expect uh, matches with John Cena in the upcoming pay-per-views. So I think this is, with the writer's track, it's kind of a good thing to bring the writer's John Cena back, which is yeah, kind of crazy. Oh, you, um, you're going to learn this also, by the way, in improv. Um, yeah. Prog classes, especially if you're taking it with Mike Harris, he loves to say the fact that uh, there's only one kind of improv that you know you're expected to actually have physical activity and physical and fighting, and that's called pro wrestling. Oh yeah. <laughs> so uh, yes, that's interesting because that's how they do their matches. A lot of it. Yeah. That is they improvised. they work they work the ending, mm-hmm. but. The choreographed match you see in the ring, they're kind of just like, you know, kind of like signaling to each other or, you know, in low volume telling them what they're going to do. Right. And that is improv. That is physical improv. It's funny you mentioned that. It's crazy. (laughs) Uh, But we hope The Rock to see more of The Rock and John Cena to to just excite the product a little more. So hopefully that happens. You know, it's interesting. They just rehired Nia Jax back, who's the cousin of The Rock, and she had been let go of the WWE a while ago. So I'm wondering if The Rock's appearance on Raw had anything to do, or rather on SmackDown, had anything to do with Nia Jax getting rehired by the company because, you know, she's The Rock's cousin, you know? I have a feeling that's probably what it is, but apparently she's set for a big push against um, Rhea Ripley uh, and challenging for the title. And then you have a new uh, women's uh, superstar in Jade Cargill. She was the AEW um, TBS women's champion. And apparently she uh, did not re-sign a contract. She, apparently they did a walking away from wrestling for good in AEW, but apparently she wants to return to WWE. And apparently has already signed a contract for WWE. So we'll see her. Shortly, apparently she's very close with Cody Rhodes, so that should be pretty cool. But anyways, we we'll, we'll always end uh, BTB with our rest in pieces. So uh, for those that are no longer with us, uh, we say goodbye to Billy Miller, Emmy winner for The Young and the Restless, All My Children, General Hospital. He was apparently struggling with manic depression at the time. And apparently uh, it was just revealed that... Um, that he fought a long, hard battle with bipolar depression. And sadly, it appears that he had uh, taken his own life without saying, you know, dating exactly what happened, you know. But they're saying the disease won the fight and he surrendered his life. So they're alluding to that he indeed took his own life, which is certainly sad uh, for those that are struggling with mental health issues that are thinking about it. Please call 988. I think it's a very important Hotline that they've established for those that need to seek help. So very important. How old we is also, he? He was only 44 years old. Oof. But 43, and actually a few days before his 44th birthday. Yeah. 
Man, we also lost Byung Hee Bong, a South Korean actor who has appeared uh, in Bong Joon Ho's films, uh, which includes uh, the most recent Okja film. I was on Netflix. That's a and, that's a that's a great movie, by the yeah. way. Yeah, that is a really good movie. Yeah, yeah. He's he was in that. He was also in the host, which is a part of the Cannes film presentation. Uh, sadly, he passed away at the age of 81 due to pancreatic cancer that returned. So rest in peace. We also lost Michael McGrath, veteran stage actor, who won a Tony Award for his performance in the musical Nice Work, if you can get it. And we also lost Irish Grinstead, a member of the girl group 702, uh, wrote the hit song Where My Girls At. Um, I don't know if you remember 702, Morgan. You knew your girl groups pretty well. Have you heard of them? I remember that song, yeah. Yeah, Where Are My Girls At? Yeah, she passed away. Uh, she was only 43. Um, yeah. Same age as, as uh, that, that other actor that we just mentioned, um, uh, Billy Miller, who's also 43. Uh, so rest in peace to those that we just mentioned. Of course, with Death, We Celebrate Life. For those, another uh, trip around the sun. Legendary actor Jeremy Irons is 75. Of course, he's Alfred in the DCEU. <laughs> He's like timeless. He's yeah, a, right. Pretty much been a constant presence in since I was a little kid. Yep. <laughs> and he still is now as a big yeah. kid. Yeah. Yeah. So happy birthday, Jeremy. Happy birthday, Joan London, seventy-three today. Uh, happy birthday, um, Mario Batali, TV chef, celebrity chef. Happy birthday, Sinead. That's the guy that had some Me Too trouble, too. <laughs> he did, didn't he? Okay, well, I yeah. take that back. I take the happy birthday back then. Well, he can um, still have a birthday. but it's That's still... true. That's true. <laughs> but it, it's funny you mentioned because, like, we were talking about the others. And, yeah, I remember. And he's well, like. How about uh, comedian uh, talk show host Jimmy Fallon, who had some heat, but apparently. Anyways, he's 49. Happy birthday, Jimmy Fallon. Um, Oh, Sine Lathan from the Cleveland show is 52. Um, Daniel Panabaker, one of your favorites, Zod, from The Flash on CW yeah. is 36. Oh, great age. Yes, right? <laughs> <laughs> She's amazing. Uh, it was great to interview her at the Philadelphia Fan Expo. And then actor Katrina Bowden from the Bold and Beautiful 30 Rock is 35. That is birthdays today. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, what an incredible show, guys, from top to bottom. Against, uh, again, happy belated birthday. Also, your grace, Morgan Fabulous. And, of course, myself, <laughs> yours truly, Al Soto. We had the birthday show last week. But, yes, uh, thanks for those that came out. Um, my friends, to the private, private uh, social of, of some of uh, BTB's uh co-hosts and great friends and uh over the years btb represented by mike the general zod and sabrina taylor smith and of course some guest co-hosts like vince eisenson vinnie mack and james malone uh -huh. so they're also representing uh since they both appeared on btb as well so uh we appreciate you guys hanging out morgan i knew you were out of town for a, a wedding yeah it would have come it's yeah but we miss each other's birthdays, Morgan, this year. God um, damn it. So we're going to make it up at the Christmas uh, the Christmas yeah. social. 
we got to make sure we choose a date you can go to because I know you had a little yes. you had a little bit of a. Well, we'll figure something out. Maybe we can do something a little closer to DC this year. I don't know. Um, for for those that. Then again, you 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 come home often during the Christmas yeah, holidays. Yeah, I'm so. I'm there like twice a week. Okay, so we'll figure that one out for sure. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Mike DeGenerozad and Morgan Fabulous for being amazing co-hosts tonight. Thank you so much, the lovely Kimberly Murray, Kimberly Sue Murray. That's right, of Trader, the feature film that you can now see on Amazon and your favorite on-demand platforms. And um, ending tonight with a pre-recorded interview with director Andy Palmer. This was a very entertaining interview. Um, he's a director, editor extraordinaire who happened to marry a Filipino woman. We talk about Filipino cuisine, which is pretty awesome. Uh, and of course, uh, one of the actors in his film is Nico Santos from Superstore fame. But it stars Britt Robertson, Jamie Presley, Ty Simpkins, Zach Shearer, and uh, Holland Roden. And it's called re-education of molly singer it's a great comedy i guess it's still co- uh, considered coming of age but a lot of the actors are beyond college age because they go back to college and they're older right <laughs> but uh it's a fun film um and uh it's great to see a college just a, like a raunchy college comedy you know because i feel that's uh the kind of movie that we, we kind of haven't seen in a while you know so yeah. it's happy it's great to see those kind of films making a comeback. So we're ending with that interview. So enjoy that. And so on behalf of Mike, the general Zod, Morgan fab, Al Soto, AKA celebrity Soto guys, we will see you next week recording on Wednesday next week due to me being on set of an indie web series turf valley which before my sag cops complain <laughs> is under the low budget micro budget contract so it's not affected by the strike so um due to me working on that on tuesday btb will be on wednesday next week so on behalf of everybody on the panel we will see you guys next time until then peace all right, special interview time here on Below the Belt Show. Wow, we're so happy to have, so happy to be talking to director extraordinaire Andy Palmer. I got to check out this funny, just incredible, very entertaining uh, comedy, college age comedy. Is it still called Coming of Age? And it's called, I think it is. I think they're both, listen, some of those people are pushing 40, and I think they're still coming of age. So, okay. yeah, you're good. <laughs> so- the re-education of Molly's singer, yes, Nico Santos. I looked him up. He's 44 years old. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, dude. Look, I just, I want to, I just like stare into his skin, and I'm like, God, for your, your, just my kingdom for your skin, sir. It's amazing. They call it Asian don't raisin. I oh man, that, so. my wife's Filipino. She's amazing. Like, I'm just like, I'm like, oh, I'm like cracking here. She did my makeup this morning. My wife, she did. Oh, yeah, the nose, the whole nine. Yeah. <laughs> So um, I know you're a director, but were you involved in the casting process? Because you mentioned your wife's Filipino. Maybe you wanted to have a Filipino uh, character in your film with Nico Santos. Well, I'm I'm just a Nico fan. Like I I mean, listen, I'm my wife's Filipino, so I'm a Filipino fan. But I love Nico <laughs> Santos, and I knew that I would get crazy points within the fan within the family if I cast Nico. No, um, but no, he's just he's just amazing. I loved him on Superstore. My wife and I both did. 
loved him in Crazy Rich Asians, and uh, and he was actually submitted to us. But when we were rewriting, because I I don't know if Annie told you, but the script was actually called The Reeducation of David Singer. It had been written years ago. Oh, and so from a male we, perspective. We, we flipped it. It was a whole male perspective, and then uh, right. we kind of updated it, uh, uh, Todd and Kevin and I. And so when we were talking about, because uh, originally I think the character was like, his name was Haas, and he was very kind of like, more like that kind of Stifler best friend. And I was like, I think we yes. need to just go kind of a little different modern. I was like, like a Nico Santos type. Like that was literally what I said. And then he got submitted, and I was like, this is the guy. He's the guy we want for this, you know? And so that wow. was it. Yeah. So, so his just, agent submitted him and I was like, I don't care what he wants. You pay him every, you take it out of my salary. <laughs> so you decided to go um, the female perspective as opposed to how it was written originally. So yeah. uh, what was the decision behind that? I just thought it was a funnier perspective between, uh, between Molly and Elliot, you know, the sort of like funny mentorship. And I think that she, I just wanted to see like, like someone like Molly, like she's, she was the, you know, she was the queen of campus and stuff like that. And so, so right. sort of reclaim that. I just thought that that created a fun vibe. And also when, you know, it was something that I felt like if, if, if Elliot's mom was going to like trust somebody, even though, you know, even though Molly's an F up, it, it, it was almost like that sort of like, well, here, she's going to be kind of the second mom. She can be the mom on campus that I can't be, you know? Wow. And, and fantastic casting, Britt Robertson, Jamie Presley. Tell us how uh, they got on board. Britt was like the first person that came on board. We submitted, we sent the script to her cause I'm, I'm a super fan. My partner Warner is a fan of hers uh and she came on board and then it just snowballed so we actually uh we had cast wendy mcclendon covey as brenda uh originally and then because of just scheduling and stuff like that she had to go back oh, to wow. the goldbergs so jamie was was i think jamie was the last cast member we cast Interesting. Uh, and it was like a week before she came in uh and and she just and it, it was like it's just one of those things like in film you have these sort of crazy happy accidents and it becomes you're like, oh, it should have been like this from the beginning because Jamie is so incredible in that part. And and her back and Absolutely. forth with Britt is just is, is awesome. She was fantastic. It was great seeing Jamie in the, the mother type of role. Um, my 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 knowledge of Jamie was the the sex pot back in the day. Yeah, of course. I mean, and now she's yeah. And and then to see her in the mother role was uh was definitely refreshing. Yep. And Wendy would have been great, but yeah, Jamie, Jamie was fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, she was. And, you know, she just brings like this sort of like you just bought like you're like, yes, that is the person that owns a law firm. Like it was like she brought this sort of groundedness that yes. that that really helped the movie. It kind of like brings the movie, you know, the slapsticky notion of the movie down a little bit, you know, and uh, fantastic. Yeah. And then we have a couple more cast members to talk about. Ty Simpkins and Holland Roden. Wow. Yeah. Two great names right there. Amazing. And the, uh, so much of credit of this is to uh, Shannon McCaney and, and Gabrielle Elmogar, our casting directors, because they're just so good. Um, and Shannon knew Ty, had, had, I think, cast Ty in one of his first films and stuff like that. And she had pitched Ty to us. I didn't, I, I mean, I just kind of knew him from like Iron Man and from Insidious. And then this is how I knew him from Insidious, because I was like, oh yes. my God, what is going to happen, you know? <laughs> and um <laughs> Uh, and he came in and he had literally just come off the whale. And I'm like, there's no way this, this guy's going to come do this movie. He just worked with Aronofsky. Why would he want to work with me? And, uh, <laughs> and, but we had, we, we hopped on a zoom and we kind of hit it off and he, Dude. he also needed that break. 
Like he had come off this heavy, heavy drama. Right. I'm on our set, which is just like very relaxed, having a ton of fun and stuff like that. And and he just, I think he sort of needed that sort of emotional break. Absolutely. Cause I saw him in the whale as well. And it was a very, very different role. And yeah. to just, that's the thing about acting, you know, you got to do that, those range of roles and range of characters. And yeah, he certainly, certainly did that. So um, again, watching this film, it, it reminded me of my college days. It, and it's definitely a film that we we don't see too often. I know the the, the college comedies were kind of a had that reinsurgence with uh, American Pie, but uh, yeah. I feel there's been a void. So this is like really refreshing to see another college age comedy. Good, I'm glad. I I, I agree. I just feel like it's just a, it's such an interesting, unique part, uh, you know, time in our lives and stuff like that. And um, I I just kind of wanted to, and especially coming off of COVID, where everybody was just so separated and stuff like that. I remember. Um, our, my editor, Tim Rush, his dad had watched like a scene or something like he had sent his dad a scene and he said, you know, you guys did something really special. You, you made, you made groups of people in a room feel normal again. And that's what I liked about the movie. Like he, you know, like for him, it was this idea that like all these people congregate in this big party and that just felt like totally normal for once, you know? And it seemed just like a fun, a blast to be on set. I can imagine. I mean, you're doing all those party scenes. (laughs) Does anybody go? Does anybody go method with actual liquor or did you have to keep? No, nah, not, not on our set. No way. No way. Lots of, lots of flat Pepsi or what, I don't even know what they put in that stuff, but it's like, um, I know that like, I know that like for beer and stuff like that, like we had to like, we had to switch it up because the actors would drink, like it was, it was something that had just ton of sugar in it. And, you know, and so yeah. it's like, they, you know, you do a couple, you know, takes of that and they're like, Oh my God, I can't have any more sugar. So we had to find sugarless substitutes for the fake beer and stuff like that. Fantastic. I saw that uh, you shot in Georgia. How was that experience shooting, shooting in the uh, Hollywood of the South? Yeah, it was great. Uh, I mean, it was, it was insane when we were there. Cause there were like 80 other movies going on and TV shows and Marvel. Oh my gosh, and yes, absolutely. And, and so we were kind of the, we were sort of the, the runt of the litter, you know, budget wise. And so we would like, you know, we had, you know, crew that would just switch in and out and stuff like that because they just, people would go get bigger and better jobs and stuff like that. And so, but, but everybody there is awesome. So it didn't really like, I never felt like we were, uh, you know, starting from scratch again or anything like that. Everybody just kind of hit their stride and uh, everybody, they were super nice and it was just a really good experience. I liked it down there. I will say driving down there was terrifying. I've like, I've lived in LA, I lived in LA for 20 years and Atlanta is like, not for the faint of heart, man. They they drive fast down there. You decided to make the drive as opposed to fly. I flew, but I, but you know, driving around town back and forth. Oh, driving around town. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. The hotel. No, the dry out. No, no, I, that's too far. That'd for been, me. Yeah, that would have been completely insane. Now, how long was the shoot schedule? Uh, 20 days. It was 20 days you shot this feature. Yeah, yeah. Lean and mean. Lean and mean 20 days. I mean, wow. I, I, came, I came up and I still work as an editor. So a lot of like is, you know, a lot of it is just like, okay, you know, we're, we're cut, you know, the hours are getting the hours are getting tight. What can we kind of lose? What can we trim? Where can right. we move? Stuff like that. So that you know, and then my DP Philippe Vanuel and I are just we just have an incredible shorthand, and so you wow. know, we, you know, we we're able to move fast. We make our days, and the actors just when you have actors that good that never miss a mark, that never you know that like bring all these yes. great ideas, you know, you can move quick. Right. So we're talking just a couple one and done takes uh, because the, the actors are so. It was good. kind of the 
opposite. What we did is we sort of minimized setups where I didn't do like a, I didn't do crazy amounts of coverage because it's a comedy and yeah. play, comedies play a little wide. I shot two cameras for everything and I shot on zoom lenses. So we were never swapping out lenses. Um, oh, okay. And, and, and to do that, the byproduct of that is that I got a lot of takes. So actually most scenes I would get like seven or eight takes, which for me is crazy. Like usually I, it is like one or two and you're like, okay, we got to move on. But this was right. like, I wanted to get repetition because we were constantly improving, constantly throwing lines. Uh, there's a scene where where they're they're trying to get housing uh, with 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 Maga Amy and, and Nico yes. would do these funny things where he would like peek into the frame. And like, I mean, it was just that scene Tim and I cut probably 20 different ways because there were so many funny ways that he and Britt were doing that. And it's three people on either side of a desk, you know, and they're just bringing all this hilarity to it, you know fantastic wow so you did this in 20 days and, and the shoot techniques you were talking about certainly facilitated that process and yeah. because usually a, a feature takes 30 days or more you know and, i've never uh, i've never had yeah. more than 20 days i i don't i wouldn't even know what to do with myself after 20 days so yeah. I, ho I hope i get to find out i would love to shoot <laughs> 30 days sounds amazing <laughs> <laughs> that sounds absolutely amazing and uh Man, I just the, the the script was funny. Uh, kudos to the writers, uh, Todd Freeman yeah. and Kevin Haskins. So you mentioned there was improv. So I'm curious how writers feel when actors do improv, uh, because you're not you know doing their their words sure uh, precisely. How'd that go down? I think the thing I think the thing is is like you're you're always addressing the spirit of the scene. You know, it's like the the what the on a comedy, it's like the script is providing really like the tonal spirit of, of where we want to go, like the journey you want to go. And mm -hmm. then you're just thinking of funny things. And Kevin wasn't on set, um, but Todd was on set almost every day because he was also one of our producers. And so, and he would just sit behind me and he's like, oh man, that's hilarious. Like he, he could see it. Like you just see how these amazing people elevate the, you know, they elevate the source material. And so it's like, there's no, there's no ego when you have these hilarious people doing things that you just, you know, you would never think of in the time. But um, yeah, it was, you know, I think going in, we knew that that was the goal, that we we're casting people that were amazing uh, and let them go be amazing, you know? Yeah, everybody was so, so amazing. Any other examples of improv uh, that was seen in the movie that wasn't? I'm script? trying to think of like some of our, our some of our like funniest improv, uh, improv moments. Um, well, there, the, the thing, the, the funniest one is, uh, uh, one of the funniest ones was when they're coming out, they've just been rejected by Maga Amy and they're walking back out. And, and there's a line where I think, I think Nico says, this is the worst idea you had since we both tried anal bleaching. That was one of his, like, that was one of his improvs. And he has like seven more uh, that are just equally as funny. And again, it was just like, I don't know, which one do we do? Or my buddy, Paul Soder, who's, you know, part of the bro broken lizard crew yeah. the guy the guy in jail and he's like beers huh i had a beer yesterday called a gnarly i can't remember what it was like a, a, a swollen frog and he kept saying all these hysterical animals that he had the you know these these beers of and it was just it was hilarious. wow i'm a little jealous because uh, nico uh, had a scene with that lovely blonde uh, the housing student i'm curious as a gay actor how he uh was able to do that role <laughs> We, it was funny because I think I think of like all the scenes in the movie. That was the one that we I sat down with both him and Emma, who who played Amy, and we just sort of we just went through it like beat by beat, um, and stuff like that. And but and then the thing was is that like Emma was she was so great 
because she was like she was like very comfortable and so then it just sort of made nico feel a little bit a little bit more comfortable but he was supposed (laughs) to be incredibly awkward so it just i think naturally fell into that but yeah i mean it, it ended up being a really really funny scene absolutely now of course comedies have to be careful in today's day and age did you find anything in the script that had to be removed i mean for instance uh revenge of the nerds uh had probably couldn't uh age well today some of the scenes um was that the case for this film which did give me some revenge of the nerds vibe with that that uh beerathon or um yeah yeah yeah. booze cathlon absolutely yeah Yeah. booze cathlon thank you yeah definitely some definitely some shout shout outs there no yeah you know, the, the original script was really, really funny, but the, it did have sort of those like more American Pie tropes. And I think the thing with, with comedy now is that yeah. if you make comedy inclusive to everyone, if everyone can be the butt of the joke or everyone is in on the joke, then the comedy can survive. But when you marginalize a group or you single out a group that right. you're kind of like poking fun at, then it becomes then it becomes not so funny anymore and that's where it sort of treads in that not you know um in 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 that in that not so funny realm anymore so our my thing is is like we have to be a little bit meta about things and and stuff that pushes the envelope oftentimes we're kind of we're kind of commenting on it or critiquing it you know i mean that you know perfect example is when polls walks in for the first time and they're kind of like they're kind of jabbing at her and stuff like that but then later but then he's like he's like i don't understand why you just didn't tell the husband that she did these things in college she's like well i'm not going to slut shame her and i'm like well you kind of guys did earlier on but it's good that you recognize what's going on now you know right, like right. so <laughs> it's, it's it's one of those things where it's like you just sort of have to make everything fair game uh, yeah, and, and and that hopefully will come come across. Yes, it, it definitely came across again. Super duper uh, entertaining. And I noticed that um, Tim Rush handled the ed- editing, but you are a master editor yourself. So it's curious why you decided to step away from editing the film. Yeah, I just I I've always edited my films, but that's how I've been out of financial necessity because it was just I we we could never afford anybody that had the same level of experience that I did and in this movie we had it we had a budget that was good and and so I always say you know to a director like editing your own films like hiring yourself as your own attorney it's just a horrible horrible yeah. idea because you're locked into you bring so much emotional baggage you know this shot was yeah. so hard to get this day was so difficult and 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 it never you know, things always sort of change from the exactly the way you had it in your mind and you get sort of locked into that. And so when I would edit a film, the way I would get out of that is I would quickly put together a rough cut and then I would mm-hmm. send it to all my editor friends and be like, okay, guys, tear it apart. Oh. What's not working? And then that sort of served as that sort of editor, you know, getting those other perspective from editors. But in this term, in this way, just having Tim, Tim and I lived together during like we were in the same we were in the same condo together. Nice. So I would get home from set and he would be in there and he's like, okay, let's check this out and stuff like that. So I could see stuff the same, you know, the same day, like the stuff from the day before he had already started cutting together and, and just seeing his perspective on things and the way that he created those scenes, his little montages, the, like the whole thing with like the still frame, like, you know, all the kind of the freeze frames and stuff like that. Yeah. I'd never in my brain had thought of that and I wouldn't have, you know, editing and he just brought all that to the table that's amazing yeah just look at looking at your imdb uh a great variety of editing projects there andy uh from reality television like yep. uh, um like uh f boy <laughs> I'm, I'm actually editing f 
in 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 two in two hours and 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 fifteen minutes, I will be back at F Boy Island editing. So I'm, I'm on Metal the new Ma- season right now. Oh, nice, interesting to know. Metal yep. Monsters with Daddy McBride, Re- Revenge Um yep. Are you a fan of reality television? Yeah. Well, I you know I'm a fan in that it really like is an amazing tool to to become a good storyteller. You know, yeah. I, I feel so blessed that I came up in reality TV. Uh, as an editor, because it taught me more about story, structure, character, yes. and stuff like that than I think coming up through narrative could. Because um, you're you're tasked as an editor with taking a, a lot of times like very raw footage and being like, you guys need to tell a cohesive story that follows this arc, yes. and you don't really have a script. You have to do it just straight visually and and reaction shots, and you kind of learn all these like these tricks and stuff like that. So I feel really blessed that I came up in that because it it gives me that perspective uh, when I'm not only when I'm shooting, but when we're cutting, I'm like, oh, oh, we could we could totally do this uh, and cheat this, you know, from this is like a, you know, a broken take and stuff like that. But her smile's hilarious. So just sneak that in there, you know, uh, you know, you kind of in, in reality, you you lie, cheat and steal a lot of those <laughs> shots and and then you can bring I, yeah, that into totally. work. I can imagine as a fan of some reality shows like Big Brother, I haven't seen F-Boy Island yet, but uh you have to, I imagine, have to take uh, certain elements of what you're shooting to tell the story because otherwise, you know, it, 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 even though it's reality television, you still have to tell a story. At the end of the yeah, that's that's yeah. the thing. And and you have to do it in a way that, like, the, the you know, the words aren't necessarily there. So sometimes you're crafting those or, right. you know, or simply just, like, the way, the way that you shape, like, the way two characters look at each other. And then it just it it totally changes the tone of what of what's going on, you know, uh, and and so you kind of learn those visual cues. Absolutely, wow! And uh, looks like you're also working with the same team with uh, Marshmallow, upcoming film. I am. I'm. I yeah. I'm yeah. kind of at the tail end of uh, Marshmallow. We're we're really close to getting that locked up. Uh, my producing partner Warner Davis produced it, and Philippe shot it. I mean, it was like kind of our core crew. Uh, but Daniel Del Purgatorio is the director, and he's like a horror genius, amazing uh, nice. uh, guy. And it's a really fun, like, you know, it's like Cronenberg meets Goonies. Like, it's like, it's got oh, some wow. kind of like cool dark tinges, but at the end of the day, it's like kids at a summer camp movie. Uh, I'm excited for people to watch it. It's really cool. Wow. Corbin Burnson, Lisa Reiner, Georgia yep. Wigan. You've got a good cast for that. Yeah. And then, and you also have Black Diamond uh coming up shortly. Yeah, well, right. Yep. That one that one's all wrapped up in post. I think they'll start uh shopping that one. That was cool. That was my first like thriller. Uh and that was that was a lot of fun. Like the and and really good cast in, in that one as well. And so uh and and it, and it's like three people, like almost the whole movie is just three people. So just you know, three people in a house to kind of create that, you know, to keep that 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 drama going and the tension going and stuff like that when you have limited characters in a limited space was was a really fun exercise too very nice and then i saw one of your uh previous directorial efforts is witness infection i noticed carlos alazraki who was actually the judge in he was molly um i've interviewed carlos he's awesome great actor great voiceover actor as well um was was did he get into molly singer because of your work in uh, witness infection yeah carlos was in my very he i did a web series with him way back before i'd ever done a a 
a feature. And then my first feature ever was a $55,000 horror movie that I shot in my hometown. And I very nervously called Carlos Alzaraki up because he was the most yeah. famous person at that time that I knew. And I said, hey, man, I'm doing this movie and I don't have any money, but can I fly you out and will you be in it? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. And we put him up in like the world's worst motel uh, in, in my hometown. Uh, and he was amazing. And, okay and, and so forever and always, Carlos, he was in he was in uh, Funhouse Massacre and then he wrote and produced yes. Witness Infection and brought me on to direct. And so, yeah, Carlos will pop up in probably everything I do forever. Nice. Kind of like the Kevin Smith, Ben Affleck thing. Oh, right? Totally. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> Can see that happening for sure. Dude, you just awesome. made Carlos's day. You compared Carlos to Ben Affleck like that. <laughs> I just gave him major street cred. <laughs> and you got some Kevin Smith vibes there. Well, there you go. Well, listen, I'll, I'll always take Kevin. I need to go on a day, diet like Kevin. Kevin's like, Kevin's like my inspiration now, man. Well, hey, man, it's a Filipino food, right? That Olympia and the Punset. <laughs> I, was, I was skinny when I met my wife. I'm telling you. <laughs> The food is just—it's just. Isn't it phenomenal? It's—it's great. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's, uh, I love, I love. Yeah, chocolate meat, which is one of my favorites. I don't, you know, yeah. I don't get to partake, but that is like—I don't. Do, do you like? Are you talking meat? about the? Are you talking about the dinaguan, the blood stew? Yeah. Mm -hmm. said, oh my! I, I, I won't touch that. Really? <laughs> I was nervous, but it, a it tastes amazing, and b because there's so much <laughs> iron in it. You feel yeah. like after you eat it, you can walk through a wall. Like ten minutes later, like I'm gonna, it's, I'm gonna kick that door down right now. It's like, vampire it's stew. Yeah. It's literally, yeah. yeah, you're eating blood stew, and so you, it is, the, uh, that's what it vampires is, eat. Yeah. The below is where I, I draw the line. That's that's my that's my Andy. I'm, I'm a Filipino actor, and I think maybe the next project would be a Filipino based comedy. There I would you love go. that. I, would, <laughs> I will. I don't know how much time we have. How much you're, time? No, we're, yeah, yeah. We're out, of, we're out of time. We've gone we're out of time. Okay, so I'm, I'm gonna tell you. I'll, we'll wrap it camera, up. I'll tell you the funniest story about going home to Thanksgiving for my first my first Thanksgiving at my wife's at my wife's family's house. And you could do yes. a whole movie on that. There you go. Yeah. We already found uh, your next uh, next project. Perfect. And then, of course, let's wrap it up and, and plug the reeducation of Molly Singer in theaters on demand Friday, September 29th. Uh, all your favorite um you know, on-demand platforms, and where where would you would you like to see this on 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 one of the big streaming platforms, or oh would yeah, that would be on demand? That'd be great because okay. that's where that's where people see it. I mean, I make movies for audience. I want the most amount of humans to see it as possible yes. in any form. I don't care if you watch it on your phone or your iWatch, as long as you're watching it. Fantastic. Well, uh, for now, you can see it on demand uh, starting on Friday, uh, September 29th, and yep. maybe at a streaming platform um, in the future. We'll see, right? Lionsgate, let's do this. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, Andy, this was an incredible, incredible interview. Um, if we could uh, do a promo, let us know who you are. Throw out a plug for uh, Molly Singer. Let us know you're on Below the Belt Show. Sure. I'm Andy Palmer. I'm on Al Soto's Below the Belt Show. And uh, we've been talking about my new movie, Molly, uh, The Reeducation of Molly Singer, coming out September 29th. Go check it out. Woo! <laughs> Fantastic Thank you, Thank okay. you, Annie. Thank you, Andy. Thank you. It's been a show tonight, and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, Until next time, keep chilling like a villain. Bye, goodbye, goodbye.